Ho, ho, ho. This special holiday month of streaming things is brought to you by the super patrons, and they are Aaron Layton, Ghost, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Chester Copperpot, Chloe Richardson, Crystal Trujillo, Emmy, Enza, Jeanette Murphy, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton Valentino, Thomas Alexander, and Valerie. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the Patreon edition. Mm. You voted. We're watching Die Hard. Merry Christmas. From 1988. It's the quintessential Christmas film, Die Hard. It is. And we're not going to have that is it a Christmas movie talk. That's quaint. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I'm sure there's a there's a percentage out there of people who are screaming, it's not a Christmas movie. Get over it, man. I tell you what, we'll do it real quick, even though it's the most exhausted argument on the Internet for the last mm-hmm. 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think it's a Christmas movie? No, no, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't expect you to both be wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't care. It takes right. place during Christmas. That's fine. I don't. Yeah. It's like it's whatever fine. you want to be a Christmas movie is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Right? yeah. But, Anything can be a Christmas movie as long as you ho 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 enough in it. But it also sure. definitely is. Fair. According to the writer and the director. John McTiernan. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I also hate that argument because I always say that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie and Henry Selleck and uh, Tim Burton say that it's not. Yeah. And so it's like, no, it's a flag I, day movie. I choose not to use that argument or for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but people always say Bruce Willis said it isn't. And he said that on a Comedy Central roast. So he said it is or isn't. Is not. Oh, okay. I remember um, before Christmas, I always felt was a Halloween movie more than a Christmas movie. So my wife and many people feel that way. Mm, okay. But I feel like Jack Skellington is discovering the wonders of Christmas throughout most of that movie. Mm, yeah. And so, what is this? What is this? What's this? <laughs> There's magic everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, many people consider it a, a Christmas movie. So we put it on That's the Christmas fun. poll and it won. So we watched it. That's what we're talking about. Merry Christmas to all of you listeners. We love you so much. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever secular holiday that you're uh, uh, celebrating right happy now. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Krampus. Mm. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. We uh, really, we really appreciate <laughs> all of that you. I want to be, I want to be inclusive. Um, so, thank you uh, for listening to us in 2023. We got a huge influx of listeners on Stranger Things season four, uh, and then another batch on House of the Dragon. Two or three of you on the Rings of Power. We love and, you. Uh, we appreciate all of you so much. <laughs> uh, we really, truly do. We hope you stick around. We're gonna. Most of you probably know we're gonna be covering The Last of Us on HBO starting January 15th. Um, we'll be doing week to week coverage on every episode of that show. I think there's 10 episodes. Uh, also today, you guys are hearing this on Saturday and we're actually going to make this available to all listeners, uh, on Christmas. Um, so yeah. Merry Christmas to you. If you're hearing this. Well, technically Monday. It's, oh, that's not Christmas. Right. It's the day after Christmas. So but Merry pa- Christmas patrons. You're listening to this on Christmas Eve and Christmas, but we are releasing this to everyone else on Monday. Just a little something, something Christmas present to all of our, um, listeners who are not patrons. We do appreciate you, uh, uh, you know, equally as much. We love that you listen to us and leave reviews. 
uh, email us, all that stuff. We understand uh, that it's you're giving us your time. And that's amazing. So we want to give you a little something, something that's usually reserved for just our patron members. Uh, but we did a Google, uh, not a Google, a Discord hangout um, for mm-hmm. uh, our, our patron tiers that can do that today. And a lot of the Discord members got together and, and bought us Christmas presents. And it was so nice. That's yeah. beyond amazing. Yeah, a lot of you listening to right, listening to this right now chipped in in some way, shape, or form with that. So thank you so much. You, 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 maybe if you, you weren't available to you know be a part of the hangout or see the the video that we're going to post of it later, but you know thank you so much thank if you. you got if you had any hand in that, and also just uh, for being a listener if you didn't. So yeah, thank you. Uh, and then one one more thing, real quick, before we get into our diehard coverage, I wanted to tell you guys this story because honestly, this touched me in a way that I can't describe adequately. Ew. Um, I have reached Show me on Steve where it touched. <laughs> I have reached my peak as a content creator. I don't, I, oh, I, I saw this on Twitter. I, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit, uh, but this is, this is amazing. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I got an email this morning. Uh, I'll read it to you and no hate. Oh, we're getting it. It's no hate to this person. Uh, I, I respect it. Um, it just says, Hey brother, wanted to run something by you. Me and my girl live in Los Angeles, and I'm not sure if you're ever traveling or in the area, but she wanted me to ask if you'd want to join in on something. Oh, shit. That's the entire email. And I can assume they mean sex. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a Harry Potter dress up party. Watch along. Maybe I'm the asshole, right? (laughs) They they end it there? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Whoa. That honestly, that's kind of creep, like scarier. Oh really? Yeah, like dot dot dot. Do you want to you want to be a person? You want to you want to kill a man? <laughs> what if it's like a Barry you know a, a, a Barry Sanders rally? Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. The football player, not baseball player. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Why are we at this rally for this retired football player? Why does Chris have a boner? <laughs> My girlfriend thought you would like to come with us to this Barry Sanders hangout. You talk about him all the time. Oh, well, good. I thought we were having a threesome. I'm fucking out of here. I brought two buckets. I wore my Bernie Sanders hemp made garments. But I don't know if they're a listener of the show. Environmental. I think it's a TikTok fan. Um, but I was just like, that was the first thing I saw when I woke up and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like I never thought people would want to fuck me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when, are, when are we going to get prop, <laughs> proposition for sex? Andy? That's the real question. No, please don't do that. I, that would yeah. make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm taken. I would burn that email in a fire. No, I mean like know. I'm married, right? But it's like, yeah. it's cool to want to be fucked. Yeah, no, it, it, you're like in when you're waking up in the morning, you read that email, you're laying there just like mm, still. I told it. my wife, I was still like, I got it. I FaceTimed her and her friend and I was like, if I'm ever in L.A., apparently there's a threesome I can get into. <laughs> or a Bernie Sanders rally. <laughs> I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> he left it open ended. <laughs> or it could be something I also like different. Maybe it's there's like, so many things this could be. I'm not like a. a Would you like to go to Build-A-Bear? <laughs> I'm not a. T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a typical unicorn. I think it's what they call it. So I don't know if this is like part of the polite way to do it. But he said she wanted me to ask. Right. So it's just like the way he phrased it. It's like, I'm not even sure if I want to fuck you, yeah. but my girl wants to fuck you. Listen, I'm the one with the email. account. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing her a solid. Will you do me a solid and just make her happy for me? And let us fuck you. <laughs> it is criminal. <laughs> it is criminal. Oh, my God. Merry criminal. 
Happy holidays, folks. I want to share. I've, it's all downhill from here. What's the point of you've creating peaked. content you've anymore? Peaked. This is all I ever wanted. Once you get to a point where people are openly asking you to have sex with them. Yes. This Man. must be what Keanu Reeves feels like on a day to day. Just a little <laughs> taste. Because yeah. think back. about it. He could fuck any couple he wants to. I just love the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to turn turn down John Wick dick? I love the idea of people just cold emailing Keanu Reeves like, hey, man, if you're ever in town, <laughs> my girlfriend wanted me to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this. However, I do love her. If you're just in the neighborhood, <laughs> we need a third. <laughs> you're going to show up and he's going to be like, so we broke up. <laughs> but I'm still t- <laughs> Ooh, this is awkward. <laughs> you still want to go to Build-A-Bear with just us two? Or No. And if you're that person, email us. We need more details. <laughs> we just send in. Just I, I want to know. Yeah, what, don't be a coward. Plan? Don't what's make me plan? feel like we will I'm talk the pervert about it on air. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give your email address <laughs> unless you want me to because you just want to open the invitation yeah. out more. We need to know more details. What are you going to do? Are you going to let Chris be the little spoon? Are you going <laughs> to? Is Chris going to be the power bottom? What is the dynamic going to yeah. be? We need and I can't details. make this kind of decision. Are you without, really going to picks? a Barry Sanders concert? <laughs> and now it's a concert. It's a concert. He's going to show. Yeah. It's a spoken word concert with Barry Sanders, former NFL player. Oh. Barry Sanders does Frank Sinatra. Tis, tis the season. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we all watch Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> from 1988, from director John McTiernan, the same guy who did uh, Predator, I believe. I didn't look. Yeah. I'm not a professional. I didn't yep. look this up. That's solid. Uh, but the backstory behind this movie is pretty cool. Uh, so it's based on a Roderick Thorpe novel called Nothing Lasts Forever, which is actually the sequel to a novel called The Detective, which was also made into a movie and was entirely different. It was like a neo-noir detective straight up whodunit kind of thing that starred Frank Sinatra. OK, weird. I just name dropped him. And yeah. And then like <laughs> 10 years later, uh, they wanted to make the He wrote the sequel, Nothing Lasts Forever. And the 20th Century Fox automatically owned it because they'd bought his previous novel. I guess they had in the contract for the detective. Mm-hmm. They decided not to pursue turning it into a movie for quite some time uh, until 1988, 87 or so. They, they finally want to make this movie. But he wrote an action book this time. Right. And the way that the book ended uh, was with a 60 year old man was the main character dropping his 40 year old daughter off the top of the of the building, like accidentally, like he had to let her go. Right. So that's it was a fall to the death at the end, but way different in the book. That is very different. So they legally had to offer the part to Frank Sinatra based on his contract. So they basically wouldn't oh. have made this movie if he'd have been an asshole. I'm, like, I'm going to do it. Absolutely. I'll do the movie because <laughs> he sings in all his movies. Because he was in his 60s at this time, but he graciously declined, said, I'm too old and too rich. <laughs> motherfucker. motherfucker. So then this guy punched up the script. I think his name was Jeb. He was a pro tennis player. Jeb Stewart. And uh, originally the script was not that funny at all. It was a straight action movie. Very well done, though. And they start trying to cast and they ask Sylvester Stallone. He says no. no. They ask Arnold Schwarzenegger. He says no. 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 They ask. How, how many rescue the grenades will I be able to use? None. Am I just going to be a normal man walking on glass? There's some C4. Oh, I have to kill other German sounding people? <laughs> That's where I draw a line. They ask James Kahn. He no, said I, no. Oh, uh, uh, I could dig a James Kahn in this. They ask Clint Eastwood. 
And uh, he wrote he wrote on the script in red ink. I don't understand the humor and sent it back and said, no, he would. <laughs> and he read it and he fucking would. Uh, and so finally they got down to Bruce Willis. Somebody just pulled him out of their ass. And he's like, hello, thanks for letting me out of there. I don't know the why. Guy I said, from Moonlighters or yeah, Moonlight. Yeah, it was Moonlighting. I think Moonlighting. he was a TV star. He was like a champagne spokesman. He had done two movies that both flopped um, and everybody was really on the fence about whether this would work. But what's I, what's crazy about all this story to me, it makes me want to make movies again so badly because I love all the happy accidents that happen in movies. Right. Because Die Hard is actually a genius movie that upended the 80s action film trope and just put a regular ass dude yeah. at the center of it. It wasn't this muscle bound, masculine man and like uh, you've been pushing too many pencils like it, that's what everybody was used to. I'm a normal human being. Just look at my bias ship. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just this normal dude. So normal that when Die Hard first debuted as a trailer in front of other movies in the 80s, everybody laughed at it. It was like famously <laughs> audible laughter and booing uh, when people saw Bruce Willis in the trailer because really? he was known as this like TV star guy. And they were like, it's not a fucking action hero. What is this movie? So much so that Fox got worried, took his face off of the poster. And that's why there's that famous poster of just Nakatomi Plaza, the building. Uh, because they were scared to keep advertising that Bruce Willis was in it. Anyway, it was a huge success. People loved it. Regular guy just put in this impossible situation. Would it be like if there was a serious action movie that came out today with a trailer like starring Jimmy Fallon? (laughs) (laughs) No. As John McClane. I don't know what the good analog would be. Maybe if it was like... uh, See, I feel like today we're already used they to that kind of, of thing it with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, and I was going to say we're used to that kind of thing where we're like, this is awesome. I like yeah. the idea. But it'd be like um, Jason Siegel or something or uh, who's that guy? Neil Patrick Harris, maybe. I don't know who it would you be remember like. remember McLovin <laughs> <laughs> from McHayton. <laughs> now, Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. in a world where. What's that kid got? Um, Pleasant. What's that? Uh, words. McLovin. What's the actor's name? I don't know. Uh, Mc, the McLovin actor? He's just the McLovin guy to me. He's also in um, oh, Kick-Ass. I'm not yeah. remember. Chris something. something Plants. Mince Plats. Oh, Mince Plats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Mince Plats. Mince, yep. min, min, that guy. That guy. So Die Hard was a huge success. Uh, Bruce Willis uh, was paid $5 million. His agent was a beast. By the way, you should get his agent because this guy's amazing because he had only done two movie flops and one semi-successful TV show. If he's still Bruce Willis' agent, that guy's been crushing it for years. And he went in and was like, look, Bruce is willing to do it. Of course he's willing to do it, right? Bruce is willing to do it. However, everybody's going to laugh at him because it's an action movie and he's not an action star. It might ruin his career. He's going to need a minimum of $5 million to do this movie just in case he never is able to work again. And they said deal. And so he was a nobody that was the highest paid actor in the world when Die Hard was made. Huh. And uh, the Jeb guy. wild that they would okay that. I know. I don't understand this. insane. What's the Jeb guy's name again, Steve? Stewart. Jeb Stewart. They had to rewrite Jeb Stewart's script. They they hired the guy who wrote 48 Hours and uh, Commando. Yes. And D'Souza was a guy known for speed because the the movie was already filming when they hired him to do the rewrites. Um, and he was known for speed and for humor. He was funnier than Jeb. Oh, I thought so, you meant the movie speed. So did I. That, I that like, movie came out far later than that. No, but speed is literally a diehard offshoot. I mean, it, it, this became this was so successful, it became a genre. They were like, let's do diehard on a bus. Let's do diehard on a beach. But on a boat. 
Die Hard on a Boat. Exactly. It was a whole thing. Um, it's its own genre now. Um, but yeah, so he typed up the script to be more funny because John McTiernan wanted to lean into the humor. Uh, no director wanted it to do it either. Uh, they originally offered it to Paul Verhoeven after RoboCop, and he said oh, no. Can you imagine? Oh, Verhoeven it would have been amazing. <laughs> Jesus, it would be like ten times gorier. <laughs> yes, and there would be there would somehow be a robot in it. I don't know how, but it would. Be <laughs> I don't know how. Well, there kind of was. It would have been the thing that it would have been the directory. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I would have talked to him. Place your directory order or you will be shot in five seconds. That, that scene. Like, oh, Holly Gennaro. That scene drives me crazy. I can't wait till we get to it. it. Like, it's so funny. But honestly, I think the script is really well done. I don't know about you guys when I was watching the movie again today. It's the second time I've watched it this year. And there's there's setup and payoff. There's some checkoff stuff. Like it's it's really it's really well done. It's a nice, like professionally made script, yeah. you know, where like everything's set up in a good way. I was really impressed. I think mm-hmm. it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that. Before we dive into the play-by-play real quick, uh, Steve, what's your experience with this movie in the past? And how'd you feel watching it again? You know, I haven't seen this movie in a couple years, uh, but I, but of uh, like the most recent like movies we've had to watch for the show, this is probably the one I've seen the most. Um, I have not seen it in a couple years, but so it was really, really nice to go back to because I found myself not remembering the first 20 minutes of this movie at all. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, wait, how, where did, how does our guy get stuck in there? Oh, that's right. He's just jamming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that was that was really He's nice to go back super to. Super dedicated limo driver. Just uh, like, you know what? A couple hours. It's fine. He'll uh, call I can't eventually. wait to get into that stuff. But uh, no, it's a really, really great movie. Um, this is back when Bruce Willis actually cared about making movies. So he's like fantastic in it. Well, we found out Bruce Willis has like a brain disease, which uh, is why he's finished. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's been sure. I don't. I don't think that's a hundred percent. Okay, I, I, he's I definitely mean, he, been he, phoning it in for. He decades turned into now. a dick butt a long time ago. Yeah, but it's been a like while lately. Yeah, <laughs> um, but so like he's he's really regret in this. Um, Alec Rickman is just like Alan. Alec, Alan. He's one of the greatest you know villains. Like Hans Gruber is one of the greatest cinematic villains ever. This was his first movie. Yeah, he's a stage actor only you, before if, this. If you're ever worried about like, oh, my career's not going places. Hey, you might be a late bloomer like Alan Rickman, right? Mm-hmm. We got Reginald Vell Johnson in here. Okay, anytime you see Reginald Vell Johnson show up, it's a good. It's going to be a good time. Um, and the the villain from Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, he's a uh, Carl. Is that the character he plays? I think so. The the newscaster. And they were like, we need an asshole. And it was just right after Ghostbusters. So they were like, well, I know the guy. And they got the dude from the burbs for a second. It's true. He has no dick. Um, There's a bunch of like really classic, like 80s character actors that pop up in this. Um, that's very, very interesting. I'm pretty sure one of the Johnsons is uh, is the bad guy from one of um, Timothy Dalton's bonds. Oh, like, absolutely. Uh What's that one? Uh, I don't know. Kill, maybe? He's super villain famous. Like, he, yeah. and there's the the other guy. Like, talking the, about the acne scar guy. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, he's in all kinds of stuff. Is this like generic bad guy? Um, but yeah, I had a great time. Andy, what about you? What's your history with Die Hard? And what do you think today? Sure, I've ever seen this movie all the way through. Wow. Like, I've I've known bits and pieces of it. Um, I've watched all of Brooklyn Nine Nine, so I'm pretty familiar with a, a lot of it. <laughs> You know, you oh, kayak other buckets. You <laughs> kayak other buckets. <laughs> it's one of, um, one of the best jokes ever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those cultural osmosis movies. So like I, I knew most of it without, I don't think ever actually seeing it all the way through. It's kind of like one of those movies that was on TV in my childhood, but not one that I was actively invested in at any point. So I'm sitting there 
kind of watching it for the first time and uh i i enjoyed it a lot yeah it was like you said a really really tight script um it, it is very much a fish out of water story which is fun um i kind of a whole lot of the movie was sitting there and we'll get into it but i was sitting there like don't don't do that don't don't do that like you're making this so much worse stop you know and it uh and i i love that the script acknowledges that at some point like you're another american that's watched too many too many movies or something aren't you yeah uh and uh but no i i had a really great time with it uh and you know i I feel like i missed out for a long time because there were some like things that are referenced in pop culture and other uh times that like I watch here and I'm like, Oh, okay. So that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this movie. I was a huge, uh, action fan when I was a kid, everybody knows this about me, at least that knows me well. And I've mentioned it before on the show. Like I've seen all of, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's oeuvre. Uh, I was watching this and, and universal soldier and demolition man over and over and over in my, my early life. So this was a big one, right? If you're a big fan of, uh, uh, eighties and nineties action films, Got to got to throw in Die Hard. Actually preferred with a vengeance. Die Hard three as a kid. Uh, my first Sam oh, Jackson movie. I love Die Hard with a vengeance. See, yeah. I'm not the only one. That's, I, I think, don't remember Die Hard two. Die Harder at all. No, Die Hard two is. Is it called Die Harder? Yes, that's the logline. Die Hard two isn't a bad movie. It's just a very forgettable one. Yeah, um, I liked Live Free or Die Hard. Live Free or Die Hard is amazing and very underrated. That was fun. I don't know if that I've seen that one. It's the one with Kevin Smith, baby. Yeah. <laughs> which one did I not see? Uh, five, maybe, whichever the one his son's in. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Any, I don't know. But uh, yeah, big fan of three. I'm glad you backed me up. Is on there that. a sixth one with his daughter? I feel like there's one with his daughter. Lucy? Probably. And John Jr. you talking about right now? Oh, that's in Live uh, or Die Hard. The last one was A Good Day to Die Hard. That's right. That was in I don't think I didn't see that one. I'm pretty no, sure. I didn't see that one. I heard that one was abysmal. Abysmal. Um, like the crystal skull of Die Hard. Now, the tagline I- is Yippie Kaye, Mother Russia. For that that's pretty solid <laughs> woof. woof and it is, i mean all these movies kind of as they progress they're still fun but they kind of get more and more lost in the this is just a regular old average guy doing average well, guy he can't do that a fifth time now he's a superhero yeah, he's been doing yeah. this a bunch by live for your die hard he's literally jumping on top of a jet plane and yeah walking on it so they lost the plot with yeah. the but i love with a vengeance especially with uh, samuel jackson they, they had to go Simon fast and furious with it you know what i mean it started out like stealing about families and shit yeah plus you get jeremy irons in the third family, one Steve. and that's hans gruber's brother yeah i, I, I love uh jeremy irons so i yeah. want to watch with a vengeance tonight let's nominate that for next month tonight <laughs> baby um but interesting too nakatomi plaza was just the 20th century fox office building uh, Interesting. That, so that's where they shot that. That's what they had access to. And it was literally Save on money. They could blow it up as much as they want. Certain floors were unfinished, just like in the movie. They said they could use those floors. And that's why they wrote that into the script. And um, the, the, the script writer, um, the screenwriter talked about walking through the building and just like, oh, there's some chains hanging there. Let's use that. There's some stairs right there. Let's use that. Uh, there's a dolly there. We're going to, you know, so that's why it, it seems so organic because he just walked through the building and started adding stuff to the script. So pretty neat stuff. But the, we'll, we'll get through this as quickly as we can. And we know it's, it, it's Crimo. Um, Crim- the movie opens the old 20th century Fox theme made me happy. <sighs> that stuff right and now we're getting taken down for copyright (laughs) (laughs) um cut to the plane john mcclain hates plane travel he's gripping his seats the guy next to him notices he's being a real sissy about the plane Mm -hmm. this is a real funny conversation to have as you're landing the plane 
Yeah. He's like, oh, you don't like, you don't like plane travel much. Do you make a fist with your toes? And John's like, what? You know, it sounds crazy. I know, but trust me, you'll be, you'll be thanking me in the first act of the movie. Fist me with your toes. What? what? Uh, Pardon he, me, sir. I didn't want to say anything when we were taking off, <laughs> but I see you're still having trouble with the situation you find yourself in being on a plane. Yeah. Even though that had to have been multiple flights, but let's just say it was a nonstop. That was like a what? Uh, a seven hour flight. New York to L.A. And, and this was back in the time when you can hop on a plane carrying a piece. Yeah, he's got no his gun. He's got his gun. But it's still oh, the guy next to him is like, oh, and he can smoke cigarettes in airports. And shit. oh, yeah, that's my next note is smoking a cigarette in the airport. I also loved how he somehow fit that giant ass teddy bear into the overhead storage. That's bin. not what that's for. That that's, not the, that's not what that's for. Teddy bears don't go up there. Asshole move. B, that's that wouldn't fit in there. <laughs> that's your personal item. It goes under the chair yeah. in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone says Merry Christmas to him in yep. this moment. Okay, now it's a Christmas movie. I'm not done. There's a bunch of these notes I took. Every, I put it in caps every time Christmas was mentioned. <laughs> and the whole movie's literally about reuniting with his wife and family on Christmas. But whatever, guys. Uh, <laughs> that diehard title card, that was kind of rough. I feel like Steve could have done that in about two seconds while he was on the John. Oh. With the, the die and the hard that slammed together in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah, I could definitely do that now. now. <laughs> um, you, you missed, uh, he had a little moment with the stewardess. Oh yeah, dude. She there's a lot of item. There's, yeah, there's a lot of moments a, where he kind of looks at, at women. He, he either looks at women, or, and they, maybe they look at the, him sometimes. Because in the airport, he, he looks at that. She just like gave consent with her eyes. She's like, anything you want, I'm down. Just, <laughs> I do that all the time. The guys, are you the guys from Moonlighting? <laughs> Anytime my eyes are open, <laughs> you're the guy from Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks at the young blonde in the airport too, mm-hmm. um, and he's like. California. And I'm like, why? Because she has yoga pants and she's yeah. blonde. <laughs> well, they were making out in public. This place is crazy. They're hugging. They're hugging and kissing in public. Gross. <laughs> well, first this we... This is a Christmas movie. Thank you very much. I will not have any <laughs> family in here. We cut back to... We cut to uh, a fancy party at Nakatomi. Uh, we meet... Um, what's his name? Takagi? Yeah. Uh, correct. Uh, we meet Takagi. Takagi and then a bunch of other people milling about the party. Um, there's Harry, some guy named Harry, and he's doing a bunch of Christmas talk. I want to highlight that and what he's doing over Christmas. Uh, there's some really fucking obnoxious credits. Did you guys notice this? Oh, they're going on. It's, it's they're huge. They take yeah. 60% of the screen. Specifically when Takagi first shows up. Uh, Alan Rickman's credit shows up, but it almost looks like here comes Alan Rickman. And it's like, that's, not <laughs> that's, Alan not, Rickman. that's not him. <laughs> that's um, not Alan Rickman. That's obviously not um, him. Obviously. Um, I, I did, there's a scene with uh, uh, Holly. I think her name is, is, yeah. is talking to somebody and you can't see either one of the people because of the credits is like, it's like five people in, in the credits over the screen. It's I just like thought that was their faces. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Lucy McLean is his daughter. We talk about them a little bit. John Jr. is his son. And then did Holly you, is his wife. Did you notice? Uh, Cause she goes into the, her office and I, her assistant, I assume um, she's like, Hey, go join the party. You're making me feel like a real Ebenezer Scrooge mm-hmm. for not joining the Christmas party. reference. And the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the assistant I'm assuming uh, is, a, is pregnant. And she's like, you think my baby can have a sip? Meaning alcohol. Yeah. Sure. And Holly's like, that baby can tend to bar. And I'm like, yeah. whoo. <laughs> As they snort blow and drink some liquor. <laughs> God damn. At 1988. Yeah. Fetal alcohol syndrome wasn't a thing back then, Stephen. No. That was invented by the commies in 1992. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, we also are briefly introduced to Paulina, the, the nanny. That Holly McLean or Holly Gennaro is what she goes by, mm-hmm. uh, is is able to employ. 
And there's some marital trouble. Is we're, we're introduced to there's some kind of marital trouble just is by the, the way. Are you bringing daddy? Did daddy with call? You? I don't know why Pippin the dog is asking about John McLean. Hello, Pippin the dog. I'm a big fan of family. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, John checks out a young lady at the airport. Says California. That's what I, that's my notes. California. We meet Argyle, the limo driver, the namesake of Argyle from Stranger Things. Yep. I've never driven a limo, man, but yes. I'm super willing to. What if the limo was a little girl, man? Just drive, call it Nina. Just drive the car, man. Look, look, man. You mind if I put in some tunes? I got a little bit of this purple sticky palm tree delight we could cruise with. Hell yeah, California. I got a better party than this Nakatomi party, man. Our guy would fit in this. How about a pizza party? Be. Yeah. Yeah, man. California. Let's remake the movie, but with me, man. That's what I'm saying. Let's do it. But we, we don't go anywhere. We don't would, shoot anybody. Honestly, we just sit and smoke weed, man. Honestly, I would pay money to watch a scene. Of, How much of money? Argyle from Stranger Things what are we having talking a here? deep conversation with that teddy bear in the back of the uh, limo. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's up, Teddy? How you doing, man? You a little furry. You're pretty squishy. You want You want a hug? What else do you get into, man? You like you like pineapples on pizza. Try before you deny, bear. Hold <laughs> bear. <laughs> I'm the old bear. You're the strong and silent type. Mm. I see what you're trying to do here. Trying to play hard to get. Come here, little bear. <laughs> I love how John McClane just sits in front with the limo driver. It's a great yeah. character. Yeah. Honestly, it's a. That's what I mean about the script. It's a really great allusion to who he is as a person that he sat in the front. Like it's so weird to him. Uh, no fancy pants bullshit. Um, he just wants to sit in the front. But he also put the bear in the back seat and put the seatbelt on. Just, you know, he has a sense of humor. You know, yeah, he does. He does. Um, I wonder if I thought maybe Argyle did. That. I assume he did. Yeah. Because Argyle's talking. Yeah. And he's, well, he says, my first time in a limo. And then Argyle's like, it's my first time driving one. He's an old, <laughs> he's an old cabbie. And he gets real, uh, uh, He's real pushy. Intrusive with his questions. He's real pushy. uh, Hey, man, why'd your old lady leave you? Yeah. Yeah. You go soft and bad? (laughs) You got a little dick? (laughs) Little dick boy? Uh, I like that he goes through all of the accoutrement of the limo, and it's a CD player and a VHS, all the top of the line shit in 1988. And a CB, Uh, which comes into play later, which was solid. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is a tight script. Yeah. Uh, we find out in this scene that Holly moved to L.A. for her job uh, and he's a New York cop. And then <laughs> you thought she wouldn't be successful out here. You just wait for her to come mm-hmm. back home. Yeah. You ain't a supportive husband. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then this is the third mention of Christmas that we get with the Christmas music. Just want to throw that out there. And we're only I like seven like that, minutes. Like, in the play movie. the Christmas music. Man. Like, this is Christmas music. <laughs> and Way honestly, Christmas Argyle, song. Hell yeah. I like your tunes choice, my man. And then Argyle offers to wait and see if his wife lets him stay. They're like, hey, I'll wait in the garage. You can give me yeah. a call. If things don't pan out, I'll take you somewhere else like a hotel or something. And that's a super solid offer. Honestly, we find out he doesn't want to do his next job at all, like which is driving to Vegas, I think. Uh, so he's willing to just party. Is that what it was? Well, at one point he's talking to a woman on the phone. He said, of and course, says, I'm going to come over. My boss thinks I'm halfway to Vegas right now. Yeah. And so that made me think that was his next contract and he's just not a good employee. I just thought that he was down and he's like, you know what? He's going to hang out. He's that as well. But this guy wrote up. You can tell by the fun he's having the entire time, ignoring the the chaos that he this benefited him as well is the vibe I get. He was having so much fun. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
He, he also parks the limo terribly. Yeah, he can't drive. Well, I, I wondered if it was unintentional, like you want to block two or three spots with that so nobody parks next to you and scratches it or something kind of thing, or because it was closed and you knew nobody else. But he, he very clearly doesn't even try to get in the lines. But it, like he says, his first time driving a limo. So maybe he just well, I had, assume he's had like figured that out a good yet. driver, though. Just fair. Maybe not. I don't know. It's a longer car. Uh, but John enters the party. He hates the party drink that he's offered. Gives it right back. Did you talk about the computer? Um, To find what floor they were on? The robot. The robot. It sounded like you had something to say about this earlier. He tries to search for McLean. Oh, I skipped those notes. I skipped those notes. He searched the main It sounded like earlier you had something to say about this. I do. I do. So there's a super fancy security at the front desk. uh, And John's like, cute toy. And because <laughs> he's got to stay in Keep character joy. for the guy who's unimpressed by all the fancy schmancy things. Um, he finds out Holly's using her, using her maiden name, which is what Gennaro. So that's the whole reason for this scene is that it's a, a visual way to show that she's going by Gennaro and you get to see him type in McLean. I get all that, but what makes it funny to me, I know I talked about how good the script was is they got this computer screen and the security guy's like, hey, just type her name in see, and we'll see what floor she's on. Right. Mm-hmm. He types the name and he finds Gennaro. And then he's like, Oh, 30th floor. That's the Christmas party. They're the only ones left in the building. So why the fuck did you think she would be anywhere else, dude? Why did you make me do all this? You were going to skip this. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Like that, You're I, not wrong. It also is kind of weird that they would be like, uh, yeah, you type it. <laughs> I'm just here at the front desk. Yeah. I don't do shit. Also, I'm security. We're clearly very locked down. We've got all these expensive doors, this module, a lot of off-duty cops and things like that. Very high I'm tech. Sure but anybody who knows the name of someone who works here can go up. <laughs> also, I'm sure everybody who works in that building really appreciates the fact that any rando can just walk in the street and be like, hey, where's this person live? Yeah. Yeah. Where's their office? I don't have to check with security. I just no. got to... F- thumb their name into a keyboard uh, and oh, there they are do you got a teddy bear because that's the only way i'm letting you up mm, mm, I, do. I do not <laughs> obviously left it in the limo i can brew glory though <laughs> oh well then this way <laughs> holy shit he can brew glory <laughs> something about bottling fame uh anyway then argyle parks the limo terribly thank you guys uh, then he enters the party, hates the drink. Uh, a dude kisses John, and this is the 80s, right? And he's like, oh, it's fucking California. California. This guy just laid smackers on me. Uh, we meet Joe Takagi. I'm just saying, hold on. If, if I'm just saying, I feel like a guy who's from New York City uh-huh. should not be that fucking yeah. uh, taken aback by that. Well, it's a liberal <laughs> town and with a lot of crazy shit that goes on. However, there is a certain brusqueness to a New Yorker, right? I'm, f- I'm walking here. Like I'm that's the whole, here. that's the whole vibe. I'm a tough New York cop. <laughs> hey, 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 the Yankees, not the Jets. Yeah. That's a different game. <laughs> I meant the Mets and I just went with it. <laughs> the Yankees, not the, the Jets. That's a different game. All right. You're not going to get me with that again. The balls were doing different things. Now, as a dumb you person. You tricked me. As a dumb person, the Jets are from New York, right? Yes, it's a different game, though. Yes, it's we're talking about oh, baseball. Oh, but maybe they like both games. Maybe, yeah. but I don't. I love, <laughs> I love all New York-based sports. I'm gonna look them up. <laughs> I'm gonna Google them or whatever. Cute toy. I'm gonna do the rest of the show in that New York accent. Uh, and we meet Joe Takagi. 
this motherfucker. <laughs> this He's fuck, the one that sent the limo. This fucking guy. Um, and he says, hey, great building. As soon as it's finished, it will be. And that's I what I mean about Nets. great script. I love them Yankees. <laughs> The, the Giants. Did you oh, really Google the, all the the Knicks? The Knicks. Forget about it. The New York Liberty. That's the women's national basketball team, boy. Don't you even forget about it. Don't you forget about it. The Giants. Don't remember them. Oh man, the New York Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers. Oh, don't even get me started on the soccer teams. The New York Red you Bulls. You got Boston for a second. The New York Red Bulls. <laughs> okay, I'm done. The Red Bulls. There are um, like 30 hey, I'm more. Red Bull in here. <laughs> I'm Red Bull in here. I've got wings. I got fucking I got wings. wings. Wait, does that mean you can like as a company buy a sports team? And yes. Like, you are now the PepsiCo. Yes. <laughs> if they wanted to spend that kind of money, they absolutely could. Everyone put your hands together for the Cincinnati PepsiCo. Yeah. Dude, have you da, ever watched da, da, basketball? Da, 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 da. Yo, I love basketball. Dude, that's, that's such a good like movie. The whole fucking intro yeah. that's Vic- the first victoria silstead playmate of the year <laughs> hey if you guys call me little bitch 13 or 14 more times i'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> that's why i use that line all the time um but that's what i mean about the script though back to joe takagi as soon as uh, takagi as soon as he, he uh, compliments the building he says as soon as it's finished it'll be very nice yeah that's a throwaway line but it's like when he, when john walks into an unfinished floor later i was like nice fucking script man you yeah. know because i'm uh, you alluded to this, Use my guy. What you have. You Use alluded what to you this. Have, yeah. Um, Ellis is in there doing blow when he introduces him as a cop. Oh, uh, Ellis also tried to mac on Mrs. McLean earlier. He did. He did. And so I, is you know, his name I don't blame Harry him. Ellis. Because they, they call him Harry in the first. Yeah, movie, I guess Ellis for the rest of the movie. There's not good names in this movie. Yeah, John McLean's awesome. Yeah, it's a great name. However, Al Pal, not <laughs> a great name. Oh yeah, Al Pal, Al Pal, Pal Pal Power Wheels. I didn't know uh, they celebrated Christmas in Japan was a, a comment from John McClain. Uh, and then I think after we couldn't get you with Pearl Harbor, know, once Pearl Harbor didn't work out, I was like, oh, OK, Shit. I'm pretty sure. I, and I could be mistaken. I'm sorry if I am. But I'm pretty sure Christmas is actually fucking huge in Japan. Like, I have no idea. There, there's a there's a never custom, been. There's a custom, I believe, where instead of going and sitting on Santa's lap, they sit on KFC Colonel Sanders lap. <laughs> And I'm, I'm being I'm being 100% serious. I want to celebrate that way. Can I be Colonel Sanders? KFC Japan Christmas. I'm Steve. He just sits there and lifts. Do you want his anything fingers. for Christmas? Oh my god. Hold on. Is that real? It is real. How KFC became a Christmas tradition in Japan. Okay, your story. You're on correct. CNN. Yep. Millions of Japanese people will eat KFC at Christmas this year. Me too. That's crazy. Let's do it. Uh, Ellis makes a big deal about, hey, do you uh, show him the watch? <laughs> that <laughs> show him never the watch. comes back up. It's a, yes, it does in the it biggest does? way ever. It's the watch that Hans Gruber is gripping onto. Uh, and the, John has to unclasp it. Okay. It's Chekhov's Rolex. Nice. But she call. lost a really expensive watch. It, that out of that. Was, yeah, a, that was a weird scene, though. But I think that hangs mostly on the neck of the guy who plays Ellis. <laughs> Ellis, not a big fan. But, like he overhams the douchiness. Of, Check yeah, out the sure. watch. <laughs> what are you shy? It's, it's a, a Rolex. <laughs> it's a Rolex. Oh, Hans, booby. Booby. And then he says some really racist derogatory terms yeah. <laughs> john uh so what we got what we got john uh he goes to wash up in the bathroom after that scene he says uh she says where are you staying he's got a buddy named cappy roberts i don't know if it's an old captain of his that retired uh, or his name's yeah. cappy yeah i hope it's just a guy who wore his ha- wore hats yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's real cappy that robert my friend who wore caps <laughs> he's such a cappy guy um and then she says i have a spare bedroom and I'm, we're all thinking i know i was 
He's in. Yep. My fucking guy. He's going to stay at the wife's house. Call Argyle up. Tell him, hey, my Take guy. Take off Argyle. I'm hanging with the old lady. Go watch the Red Bulls game. I got a place to stay. That's at this point, say. it seems like he's forgotten about Argyle. Like he went and had some drinks, talked to some people. He's walking around. He's, he's really, like, you know what? He's milking I'm, the kindness. I'm going to go take a shit and I'm going to change my clothes <laughs> and then I might call him. I'm going to make a well, foot if ta- fists. If I take a shit, I got to take a shower because now yeah. I got to get clean again. Yeah. That's you how got I that roll. mud butt. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it in New York. <laughs> New York mud butt. Clean this water in the country. But I feel like if I had made that deal with my limo driver, I would have ran straight in. Like, hey, it's really good to see you. I missed you. Can I stay your house tonight i got my ride waiting on me i would have bitched out completely like can i please just stay your house i gotta Um, get the teddy bear yeah oh yeah by the way it's belted in the car still um she says i have a spare bedroom and he he kind of looks at her for a long moment he looks really happy check out couple bursts in making out and she's like the kids would uh really like you to stay here uh tonight and actually i would too so she totally puts the olive branch out there and then she says i missed you she he doesn't say anything he's just standing there like a douche and he said, I guess you didn't miss my name, though, huh? Uh, and then he's just, what an ass. Starts a fight immediately. Um, and then her assistant comes in. Mr. Takagi's looking for you. You got to give your speech. She leaves. And then, to his credit, he starts kicking way himself. Way to go, John. Yeah, way to go. He talks to himself a lot. Real mature. Real mature. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then an ominous truck and a little car behind it with some ominous music playing. We, we saw it before, but it continues to drive into the garage along with the car. Everybody's got hella mullets. And that's how you know they're trouble. <laughs> they pop out with turtlenecks, ha- mullets, hella mullets. Peacoats, all the, right. The, one of the main bad guys, I forget his name, uh, but he's the one who his brother is the first Carl. one to die. Carl. Carl. Carl is the one with the long hair. Yeah. He's a world famous ballet dancer. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Everybody and, uh, has incredible hair. There's a scene where there's like three bad guys in an elevator and they all have like this Fabio hair. Wonderful hair. This is, this is 1988. This is incredible. This is the year I was born, guys. I miss a day when our terrorists slash bank robbers actually gave a shit about their appearance, right? Yeah, dude. That's one of the changes they made to, to the script. product in their hair. I want them to wear gold chains, like the classy kind, all right? Mm-hmm. The 80s, I snort Coke kind, okay? They should read Forbes in the Times. The original yeah. script, they were just terrorists, and that's why the punch-up script that the second guy did to Silva or whatever, uh, it jokes about terrorists a lot. Like That's the whole plan, is that they pretend to be terrorists, but they're just robbers. Because mm-hmm. John McTiernan turned down directing this movie five times. Uh, and was like, I just don't like terrorists. Nobody likes he's this grumpy old man in the interview I watched. And he's like, I just don't like terrorists. They're, nobody likes terrorists. People like robbers. Mm-hmm. Robbers are fun. Bonnie, Clyde, people love them. Love them. <laughs> terrorists, no both fun. Super depressing. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was funny. The they used to be terrorists. Years, both of them. Uh, but yeah, he kicks, him, kicks himself for being an ass. Um, then the we get uh, Theo. And I guess, is it Carl and Theo? I think it is. I think it's Carl and Theo. That walk in first as far as the the... The ne'er-do-wells, uh, they pew-pew the guard. They do. Yes. Boom, two points. Immediately shoot him in the head. Apparently not necessary, because the security would have just been like, hey, do you know literally anyone's name? Yeah. Oh, it's one of the 30th <laughs> <laughs> They didn't have to do that, but well, I they, get it. They needed to have access to their little security desk. Do you guys know do their you, plot? Did you? Because it's I've seen this many, many times, but I don't know that I've ever understood it like I did today. Like I their, think I do. Their actual plan. I yeah. think I understood it. Yeah. But why it's like it's necessary that the cops actually come there. It's necessary because the final lock is a magnetic and lock. They, they cut the power and grid. They, and to get the lock to actually undo is if you uh, cut the power grid. It's when grid. the FBI but, shuts but they, down the power. Like the FBI's playbook is to mm-hmm. cut the power. Yeah. So yeah. they knew that. So that's why when the cops show up early, Alan Rickman's like, guys, chill. And so yeah. part of the plan. It's a little accelerated, annoyingly inconvenient. But, Don't um, be a couple of potters. 
Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I like that. That's part of the plan, you know, like that they need them for that last lock there. Um, the, uh, flashbang that looks really like, like a hockey puck. I really like Theo though. I just want to point that out. Yeah. I Theo's love, great. I love the energy that I actually really, one thing I really like about this movie is all of the, the henchmen and the, the cast of characters that are the, the, the quote unquote terrorists. I love how they all, not all of them have speaking roles. Not all of them do a lot, but they all have very distinct identities and you can pick up on them almost immediately just yeah. by the way they're dressed, the way they talk, the way they act. They're very unique. And I think that's what a lot of movies nowadays kind of miss out on is characterizing these minor characters because yeah. it does go a long way and you know making the the it more enjoyable like the candy one you yeah know? he eats yeah. a bunch of candy i like him yeah, yeah. You and, know? and he's like posted up with his gun at yeah. the candy shop and he reaches down for the hershey's yeah <laughs> like, fuck yeah he gets a crunch bar yeah well he gets a crunch, gets a crunch and bar then, and then he gets a mars bar so dude's fucking smashing yeah. some candy. Yeah. do you know what he didn't get a Heath bar alive. Uh, He's why <laughs> that's because they were all sold out. <laughs> why did he want? He wouldn't want this. Um, yeah. So he's like, well, I might be a terrorist, but I'm not a monster. But the guy that throws the hockey puck, he rolls the hockey puck flashbang at the guard for no fucking reason. Like that gave yeah. me the vibe of somebody who bought some really expensive gear. <laughs> he just wanted to use he that. Wanted to yeah. use yeah. it. He was like, Theo, check this out. Like the guy, <laughs> rescue from the <laughs> like the guy. It was literally at his back turned. He's yeah. expecting no kind of yeah. gun action I went whatsoever. Went to Circuit City earlier. They yeah. had these on sale. He can't see now. <laughs> Shoot you! But he wasn't looking at you anyway. But yeah, but now he couldn't. Did you see that guy? He probably had reflexes like a like an elephant. But I had to surprise him. <laughs> Elephants have quick reflexes. No, he's he's very dopey looking. I, <laughs> I did not need to use this. Oh, okay. Um, and there's a big truckload of douchebags, and Alan Rickman stroll out. Alan um, Rickman looking so damn fly. Oh man, so fly. And that's his character. That's why they hired him. He needed to be like an educated European because he wears fancy suits and uh, you know is, is classically educated. Mm -hmm. So they hired Alan Rickman to be the the main villain. But he uh, hit a problem with being too theater driven and classically educated. Uh, like he was holding his gun with a really limp wrist, famously, and they took many, many times to work with him to get him to like seem like somebody who could use a gun, even though he had <laughs> all the other boxes checked. That's a funny thing about Alan, Alan Rick in there. Um, but also there's a goof in this scene of the movie because they didn't actually write the end yet when they were, they were shooting this with 35 pages of script. So they had no idea how the movie was going to end. Um, and so the whole thing at the end where the ambulance drives out of the truck hadn't been written yet because they still didn't know how they were going to escape in a believable way. And so when the shot goes zooms in on all of the the villains and Alan Rickman walking out of the truck. There's very clearly no ambulance in that truck. Mm. And they didn't realize this until they screened it for the first time, right before they put the computer graphics in and stuff. Uh. And John McTiernan went, look, no if, one's going to remember if that. anybody gives a fuck that two hours ago, there wasn't an ambulance in there. What are you going to do? He's and like, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now. were like, what? Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. I never thought about it either. Yeah, I know. Um, and then Theo starts hacking the elevators and doors with like really convenient hacking graphics. He, he shuts down the escalators. There's no getting up those. Yeah. <laughs> foolproof. Oh my God, we're stuck. It's like when the, all the cops show up, they're like, oh my God, we got to use the stairs. <laughs> the escalators are down. What do we do? Holy shit. Call the FBI. Um, then they become the guards. They put on their jackets and shit. Subtitles just say German. I thought that was funny. Um, no, who cares what they're saying? The subtitles on this movie miss a lot. I don't know if you guys caught that. I didn't. 
there, there's like full sentences that like if they say a sentence too quickly, like the subtitle like nah, won't even do just it. like never mind. It's not important. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Those of us that people don't. Yeah, care. those of us that here didn't hear it either. Yeah. It's part of the experience. <laughs> um, and then we cut back to John making fists with his toes. He was taking the guy's advice, and he's like, "Son of a bitch, you don't say." It's making him feel. I'm doing it. Damn, I'm, I'm doing it right, right now. now too, I yeah. feel powerful. Are it's you doing nice it, Steve? Rug, Steve? Yeah. Ooh, it's kind of nice. I yeah. kind of I'm. I'm fisting this Every, carpet. My blood pressure is dropping. Lord, listeners at home, make a toe fist yeah. and see how you like it. I do this at night when I'm trying to fall asleep yeah. to the sheets. I, ru- <laughs> I, I like rub my feet together. Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? For like, sure. Like, That's one of my favorite things to do. Caress the insides of my feet. So this is a- mm, Tell me more about what you guys do with your feet. Getting up in the <laughs> arches, Stephen. <laughs> Caress the arches. These nine pinkies need inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Nine or ten. Uh, John does call <laughs> ten or fewer. John does call Argyle at this point, Andy. Finally, uh, Ar- and he says the vote's not in yet. Yeah, After so she rude. Said I miss you. I'd love to have you. The kids would love to have you. Dang. Well, well we should did, probably get back together. Then he started together. a fight. He was not sure if the offer's yeah, still yeah. out there. He was like, stop the steal. And but at that point, you're like social, hey, Mister Driver Man, who's been waiting for me yeah, downstairs you can for go. the last two I got hours. This. Yeah. I'll, I'll get another ride at that point. Don't even say that you act like you have a spot yeah. just to make some like, that's what I would do. You know what I mean? I, Bro, I'll figure I already it out. Hit it twice. <laughs> it's solid. Yeah. Uh, but Argyle's down there jamming anyway, uh, which is in the middle of this phone call. They cut all the phone lines and such. I guess that's what they're down there doing with the chainsaw. Could um, you tell what the Germans were doing? Where like the one is really quickly trying to like connect to the wires, and then I think the he was trying like, to reroute it so they could use a phone or something, but also need to cut the phone lines for everybody else and and then dude just comes in with a chain he just like fuck it i'm tired of waiting and like i don't know i didn't get understand that scene either okay. to be honest with you um i just know that they were panicking um panicking and it, it's funny that this whole kind of plot line none of this movie works with the invention of cell phones yep Right. Sarah said that. Why doesn't he just use his cell phone? Because she had <laughs> just seen Argyle on the car <laughs> that's phone. That's a car phone. And I was like, that was, so that wasn't a cell phone. That was a car phone. Cell phones aren't a thing yet. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So here I, I went on to Reddit and I searched uh, what was Carl's brother trying to do with the phone circuits before Kyle or Carl unceremoniously cut them with a chainsaw. The, you searched that? I did. That whole thing? Well, I just searched <laughs> die hard uh, chainsaw bit. And, just came up. <laughs> and it's a uh, thing people were wondering. Yeah. And this is the top comment. It says it was to deal with the with part of the building security. The building has an alarm set up wired into the individual offices above the lobby, which connects via phone to an outside contractor. If the contractor system detects that the connection has been broken, they send the cops to check out a possible intrusion. The box Carl's bro had was designed to spoof an unbroken connection so the outside security hardware thinks everything's still hunky-dory while all but a few in building phones are completely and irreparably knocked out. And so and, his brother, and Carl's no, being a major had, dick. His had, brother just tried to fuck him over? Yeah, so had Carl's brother not successfully made the connection before the chainsaw broke the line, the cops would have shown up immediately. Wow. wow. Yeah. Thanks for that, Steve. Uh, actually, you should thank uh, Reddit user vote underscore for knife party. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, vote for knife party. I don't vote for knife party. There's a bunch of one percenters. <laughs> We're the knife party. Our stance is knives. <laughs> I don't like it. You want more health care? Knives. <laughs> you want more guns in schools? No, you want more knives in schools. <laughs> so then the bad guys, the Germans come running into the party room on the 30th floor. and They just start shooting their machine guns in the air. Because what better way to get anybody's attention? 
I gotta say, there's just one, spray there's, and pray. There's one shot where the elevator <laughs> spray and pray. Yeah. There's one shot where the elevator doors open. And you see all of them with their machine guns, kind of like link, like slowly file out and watch the party, and, and no yeah. one realizes they're there. For some reason, that shot is really haunting to me. I'm like, it's a really horrifying. good shot. Yeah. They're just like, oh, we're about to ruin this Christmas party. There's something about the angle, the way they're holding the guns, the quaffed hair. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. really well because you could see them all kind of fan out. And it's oh, a yeah. Cool shot. It's they really got their cool hair shot. did before this big event for sure. But they start spraying. Everybody knows this is no good. This is no good. They're spraying now, right? They bust into one of the offices and there's titties in there. I don't know if you guys movie. noticed that. It's the Chekhov's couple from before. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. They found a, they found an empty office and they made a Christmas miracle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the Germans are all laughing and like, mm, the titties. <laughs> the titties. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen those since the fatherland. And then <laughs> you've done the spoinking. <laughs> John, John slinks off into a stairwell. Um, he's got to make his exit. Right. Um, but he doesn't have his shoes. No time for shoes. Yeah, Dr. He, had, Jones. he had been uh, foot fisting. So now he doesn't have shoes and he gets <laughs> no time for shoes. Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to the unfinished part of the building. Uh, Gruber, Hans Gruber asks for Takagi goes around the room. Eventually Takagi surrenders himself. He's a man of honor. He reads Takagi's LinkedIn profile. Yeah. yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that he was born in 1931, but didn't finish uh, Harvard law until like the sixties, which is fine for me, but it's like, it's you, like 40 something. You can go back and get more degrees, my man. No, well, of course he can. But he was like, it's not what I would expect for a, a Takagi. Somebody who's like the head of this Nakatomi. I could see corporation. him graduated he probably, University of California, took a year abroad. He probably got yeah. to that point where he, he moved up the corporate ladder and they're like, listen, we can't promote you until you get a bachelor's. And he's like, all right, I'll just go to Harvard. Finish the entirety of the Harry Potter series by age 12. <laughs> Very impressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what if we just started naming One random shit? Beats Super Mario. Has a body count hours. in the how's double the digits. Has the world's largest collection of Beyblades. <laughs> <laughs> Beyblades, deep cut. And now, a quick word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. As you all know, we are ardent supporters here at Streaming Things of strong mental health, though we may not be paragons of that. I actually work full time in the mental health industry. I travel around trying to guide and help folks find people that might help them through their needs. And even I struggle very much in that category. In fact, I do not have a therapist currently. But Steve, ever since we've been dealing with BetterHelp and partnering with them, I think you've you found some help in them as well. Absolutely. Uh, I started using BetterHelp when they gave us a code and I've been working with my therapist, Becky. She's a true G. She's been mm. helping me kind of work through my own uh, uh, relationship issues and goals for myself, including uh, getting over my codependency issues that I'm just discovering that I have. So she has really helped me this year with kind of grappling who I am and what I need to do to have a happier life. Yeah. And actually having them as a sponsor has helped propel me in my urgency to find my own therapist. So I'm working on that this month. And that's the cool thing about BetterHelp. They'll help pair you with a therapist. You can scan through different ones that are available on the app, you know, right from your home. So you don't have to like talk yourself out of going because you got to drive somewhere or whatever excuse that you can come up with. I know how I am. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first 
first month. That's betterhelp.com slash streaming things. They take Takagi upstairs to one of the unfinished floors with the same one that John McClane's on. Uh, there's so a good banter. I really like the dialogue that they give Hans Gruber here, especially delivered by the master Alan Rickman. So um, nice suit, John Phillips. I have two myself, right? So he's Arafat uh, gets a suit at the same place. Yeah, and then uh, who? Who is that? He's referring to Joseph. the former president of Palestine. And oh, then Yasser Arafat. Yasser, that's right. I said Yosef. Um, he's, and then he goes up to the models and he's like, oh, he's enjoyed to make models as a boy. Super fun. Mm. And, and they and have a whole room for models. Very much identify. You don't? No. Mm. Not a whole room. Oh, I forgot. You're Just a poor. poor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love how, because everyone's trying Just to figure like out King what the <laughs> He loves models. And we're trying to figure out what their goals are. So uh, Takagi seems like, oh, this is about the thing we're building in Indonesia. We are not going to industrialize and be an empire in there. We're really going to build up. He's like, I don't forgive a shit about Indonesia. I love that he says, I could talk about industrialization and men's fashion all day. (laughs) But ultimately, he's interested in the $640 million that he has in the vault in uh, bearer bonds. right? Mm, Um, And Takagi tries to resist they want the code to the vault. And he's like, it's, the code's useless to you, even if I knew it, because there's seven locks. And he's like, <laughs> don't worry about that. I have a wand. Mm-hmm. Um, but Takagi resists that. He, I don't know. Do you? I believe Takagi had the code and he was trying to be a, he was, he was a brave man. What do you guys think? Because mm-hmm. he says, I, I don't even actually know it. I can't give it to you because I don't know it. I think he had it. He was sweating a, a lot. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I mean, he seemed like a liar. But. He kills him, shoots him in the face, says, we'll figure out another means. That's why Theo's there. He says, there. I don't know. You'll have to kill me. He's like, okay. Boom. <laughs> There's a really subtle thing in the oh, scene God. that I really love is uh, uh, Alan Rickman dramatically removes the silencer off his pistol before he shoots him. Assumedly so, everyone can hear him. Yeah, And dude. then come back out like, nice. I unalived him. Yeah. <laughs> I unalived him. My big dick power move. Mm, he's dead. Just to me, I don't, <laughs> not, I see. I don't see a lot of Gen Z out here. He's dead, <laughs> <laughs> and he has five children. That was part of his LinkedIn profile that he read. Yep. Oh, yeah, um, five very sad. Now, very sad. Um, but Argyle's still jamming in the car. He is. John <laughs> makes noise. Uh, for some reason, I, I guess he's scared. He didn't expect an actual death. So he panics and runs. They kind of hear him, but then they give up as soon as they find one locked door. Uh, nope, it's good. And uh, um, <laughs> it could not have gone here. Yeah. <laughs> it's locked. And then he says, yeah, see the Heinrich. Uh, and the, the hacker can hack the code because hackers can hack things, mm-hmm. especially yep. in 80s and 90s movies. I'm in. Uh, Argyle. Argyle did not hear the shots, which is what John was hoping. He's down there jamming, talking to women. That's when we get the scene where he's like, I should be halfway to Vegas mm-hmm. by now. Pause. So sorry. I'm going to piss my pants. I drank an entire Coke Zero. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, guys. A whole Coke Zero? I was tra- Honestly, I had to pee immediately as soon as we started. Well, why, well, why you do that, Andy? Let's keep this rolling. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, so let's go. Let's okay. talk about the whole fucking movie while he's gone. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so they're discussing, you know, what are they going to do with the vault locks? Um, yeah. So it's so fucked up because Hans kills uh, Takagi and doesn't know for sure that Theo can get into the lock. After he kills him, he's like, you can break that code. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, you didn't bring me here for my looks or whatever he mm. says. But like he didn't know. That's insane. I think this he man's knew an pretty agent well. of chaos. I think he knew pretty well. He was like you don't 80%. Hire, I mean, look, Theo has the confidence of a guy 
who fucks. All right. Yeah. He's, he's swinging around. He's singing songs. Nothing's bothering this guy. And Bang, he's a computer hacker. He's a computer hacker. When's the last time in a movie you saw a computer hacker with this much swag? That's right? fair. So if that guy's on your team, of course he's going to break a lock. There's no lock made by any man or woman on this earth that this guy can't break. He says he can do it in 30 minutes. He can break a lock digitally. He could break a lock manually. Did you see his giant drill? Yeah. The dude is a professional. I heard that dude had a big drill. Uh, so <laughs> he says 30 minutes to break the code, uh, two and a half hours to uh, deal with the other safeguards. And that's when we find out that the seventh lock is the electromagnetic one. So mm-hmm. like that's that's the the one that even even Theo can't get past. And he's like, you better be able to figure out how to get past this. I got the first six. I got you. But the seventh one, I don't know how we're going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Chris, how was your pee? That's where hot. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, excellent. I'm glad. How was the stream? Was it strong? It was a strong stream. Good. Coke Zero, lots of water in that. Good, good. I'm happy for you. Did you hear see the review? <laughs> we got a, a review on iTunes that said, should have been called vaping things. <laughs> and I assume they were listening to like older episodes where we, Andy and I used to vape all the time. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, I was like, remember, I was like, I don't think they can hear it. It's kind of crazy. No, they can hear They it. can. They yeah. can. They know what it is. I always told you they could. It's, <laughs> it's quiet enough in the background. It's not. It's fine. <laughs> Clearly. It's fine. Well, this is a Patreon episode. Anyway, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah. The people that pay for this get less quality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sign up now. <laughs> but John pulls the fire alarm. He does. He's hoping that uh, the, the fire department will think, oh, there's a fire. They'll, they'll come down and realize, oh, not as all as it seems over here. Here the comes the fucking cavalry. <laughs> and this the, like the entire premise of this movie is like kind of based around the assumption that all civil servants are terrible, terrible people. And they're going to uh, like not do their jobs. So like the FBI don't do their jobs. The cops don't do their jobs. The deputy sheriff isn't going definitely isn't going to do his job. Well, they don't in L.A., but a real New York cop. Oh, OK. Saves so the day. New, yeah. yeah, it's California is the problem. OK. And that, this is why all of the action stars turn this script down. Like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, uh, Clint didn't understand the humor, but yeah. uh, the big muscle bound guys, which is, again, to the movie's benefit. But the whole thing was he's a he's a pussy. He's running around the whole time trying to signal for help and hiding. That's why none of them would do it. Hmm. Um, so but TV star, he was like, oh, that seems fair. But that's what makes the movie so good. It's like a real dude doing real dude shit. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy to me is that those action guys smart. egos are so huge. Like he does a bunch of really cool action shit. Yeah, for real. Um, but it wasn't enough for them. They wouldn't run on glass. He doesn't throw a single grenade. This is crazy. I have a, I have a question about the script. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering at what point do uh, does uh, this uh, John McClane? What at what point does he throw a grenade? <laughs> how many people do I kill? Twelve. Twelve. How ca- how can we add a zero to that? <laughs> <laughs> he literally drops like a pound of C4 down an elevator and blows up an entire floor of a building and shit. Like, yeah. Those neighbors were not pleased. It just doesn't stand. <laughs> no, literally these are all real explosions and it was in a very populated area. And so they Wait, had to, so this uh, new building, what, what building did you say this actually is? Uh, it's the 20th century Fox. 20th office century building. Fox was like, go ahead and blow up a floor. Apparently that's wild. Apparently. Yeah. And They're like, um, it's our building. Like the, <laughs> when yeah. they shoot rockets at the, uh, armored, 
LAPD vehicle. Yeah. That's a real explosion. Both of those. Dope. Um, they had to film the, the neighbors were so pissed by the time they got to the end that the helicopter shot was the last thing that they wanted to do. It was the most complicated scene and they couldn't get the city to allow it because they had gotten so many complaints on all the gunshots and the lights and stuff like that, oh, um, that they had two hours to film the helicopter scene. So they Jeez, basically nuts. had one chance to get it right. Yeah. Dang. Nice. So anywho. Well, uh, so the, the, the fire department turns around because they're, you know, they're able to kind of redirect the signal and kind of say it was a false alarm. So the fire department goes around and this is when Carl's brother uh, kind of stumbles upon uh, John up there. Yeah. yeah. They, they can tell where the fire alarm was pulled. Mm-hmm. 32nd floor, I believe, mm-hmm. if I recall. That nailed it. Uh, and this is one of my favorite. I don't know why this made me laugh so much, but so John McClane hides. He takes cover behind a box or something. And uh, Carl's brother is kind of. I wrote his, his uh, Tony. Was that his name? I don't know. Probably yeah, not. Tony. Tony. No, it's. It, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's a gentleman named Tony. I think it's Tony. Because <laughs> Hans does say my it after the fact. Hans, Carl, Tony. Tony. <laughs> Uh, I think it is Tony. Yeah, it's Tony. Okay. I'm looking okay. at IMDb, IMDb. It's Tony. Um, but Tony's like, going like, come on out. I promise I won't hurt you. And then. I <laughs> 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 don't know why that made me laugh. Yeah, so that's hard. awesome. But they get into a fight. They get into a little kerfuffle. And they end up falling down the stairs and uh, he accidentally breaks Tony's neck. Well, there's a cool action scene. I, I, this, I, I hated that. John got himself into this pickle immediately because he had the drop on him. Yeah. And he's like, you can't shoot me. You're a police officer. You're a policeman. Policemen have rules. He's like, oh, we got rules, huh? And then like hits him with the gun. He's like, yes. (laughs) Yes, we do. That's what I was talking about. You would have shot me without the rules. You would have blown my brains all over the wall and you would have much less struggle. But look at you with your rules hitting me. You've proved my point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, Steve, you did the way, the joke way more succinctly and effectively. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. And I appreciate that. So anyway, he breaks his neck. Theo cracks the code like we knew he would. Hans was pretty sure. Did you catch the password? No. Red Castle. Red Castle. Mm-hmm. Which was a translation of a name, right? They, it, was, they, trans, it was a translation of something. It was a Disney joke. Oh, was it? No. I, I, thought, <laughs> you got the I thought that they took the name of somebody and translated it to English and it translated. I think you're correct. Castle. Probably a Japanese translation yeah. if I would have had to so, guess. Yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's a Japanese word, Akagi, which translates to Red Castle in English, is the name of one of the Japanese aircraft carriers which carried out the strike on Pearl Harbor. Interesting. Ah, ah so Theo's just sitting around like, hmm, what kind of password would the Japanese guy do? Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. be Pearl Harbor. Oh, interesting. So the guy who played Takagi also played the commander of that aircraft carrier in the 1976 film Midway. So that's, I guess, some sort of Easter egg for that actor. Okay. Interesting. Okay. That's why they gave him all the Pearl Harbor jokes and not anything we need to be concerned about. Like, hey, this actor, you've only seen him in one movie. (laughs) Make me feel (laughs) better. 1976 Midway. Get ready for a bunch of (laughs) jokes about that movie. Jeez. So uh, Theo, he cracks the code uh, and uh, we cut back to McLean and he uh, is uh, strip searching Tony. Uh, he gets uh, <laughs> they Tony. He, he gets his gun, his radio and his Zippo. Uh, he tries to take his shoes. But, you know, since he's a big dick American, this guy, this German guy's shoes are too small. I was going to show his feet. That dude does not have small feet. He does not. No. <laughs> I really would have made way more sense that the guy had bigger shoes than John. Because, I mean, he's clearly, he looks like he's 6'8". John's got shoes to fill. Yeah. Shoes to fill. <laughs> you know what that means? Mm-hmm. Big socks. 
And then Chris, uh, he does look over and, at a Santa decoration and smiles at it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still not sure why that shot was in there. It's a weird shot, even from just, my uh, Christmas movie well, it's, standpoint. It's to give him the inspiration to save Christmas, dress him up and write that <laughs> shit on his. <laughs> it's like for you, Santa. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Okay, so yeah, because uh, he that's that gives him inspiration to put the Santa hat on Tony okay, and, and gotcha. write the. The message on his shirt. McLean gets in an elevator and like it were it's unclear what's going on at the time, but he he gets into an elevator. You see him stop it uh, halfway between floors, kind of prop the doors open and climb out. Uh, I don't. Did we see that what what he was doing in there? Up I think that that's point? the only way to send an elevator without being on it. Mm-hmm. OK, that's fair. Yeah. He wants to spy on them while not being in the elevator for them to shoot on him. top of the elevator. Yeah. 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 So it would be a really bad plan if he was just in there. Like, ha. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> look what I did. I got a machine gun now. <laughs> See, I guess look I could, at it. I guess I could have said it. I don't know why I wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So uh, Hans uh, is uh, seated out in the main plaza of the building and he's sitting there like eating or something and just casually announces to the crowd that he killed Takagi, which is I, dude, I, I, alive, I love the way that, that this performance uh, Takagi didn't make it. <laughs> um, he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. That's what he says. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, he ba- and he basically says, just think about it. Think about uh, what you how you want the rest of this night to go. It's on you. Think about what uh, you've done <laughs> uh and that's when the elevator doors open and uh we uh see tony sitting there with uh, tony uh we're in a sweatshirt that uh has uh i have a machine gun now ho 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 written on it and is he's wearing a uh, santa hat right i think yes so. yeah. yes it, it's it's amazing and then alan rickman gives the greatest line delivery ever when he's reading that sunny ho ho Oh, <laughs> I fucking love he's reading, that. He's reading in a second language. Oh. <laughs> and like Chris Just said, joyless ho, ho, ho. It's so ho, good. Ho. Uh, like Chris said, McLean is on top of the elevator and he's sitting there uh, with a pen and he's writing notes. Uh, he, he's taking notes of the names of all of the terrorists. It's literally what Steve was doing while watching the movie. Yeah, making John McLean writing these names down. Mm. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Marco. Christophe. Christoph. We cut to uh, Hans John. arguing Heinrich. with Carl, who we discover is Tony's brother. Uh, we know that because they both have blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's basically telling Carl, don't fuck with the plan. Uh, you you know, you can get your vengeance, but don't fuck with me. Uh, what if he fucks with the plan? Mm. Good question. Carl's Carl. always thinking. Um, we uh, we see uh, some of the hostages uh, talking to each other. Holly is there with Ellis, uh, who's probably coming down from the cocaine that he did earlier. He solves so that soon. He's not mm-hmm. having a good time. Uh, she says that's John, and he's uh, he's doing his job because he's a cop. Yeah, Ellis is kind of upset. He thinks John's going to get them all killed. Yeah, and, and at this point in the movie, I'm like, yeah. Kind of. You're right. Like, eventually we discover, like, the plan would have involved everybody dying anyway. Mm-hmm. And so John was doing the right thing. But at this point in the story, John is doing all of the wrong things and, like, endangering everybody. And so, like, yeah, it, it drives me insane. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we get to. Yeah, John, John gets a radio um, and he's I think. He's oh, trying, yeah, he, yeah, he runs to the roof. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, he goes to the roof. He's trying to call for help. He doesn't realize that the the crew can hear him. Um, uh, who does he get in contact with? It's not the police department. It's a, it's a similar. It's an emergency line. It's an emergency it's line. The uh, yeah, it's the police. 
Okay. She has a badge. It looks like she, a police badge. She mentioned like an FCC violation and that made me think it was like a different thing. But uh, yeah, he's getting kind of yelled at like, sir, this is an emergency line. Please use it for emergency. Like, no shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a fucking pizza? Yeah. And uh, she says to call 911. Honestly, like, this lady should be fired. She should. Yeah. This, yeah. this scene enraged me. Yeah. Because she's like, uh, we might a potential can... crank call down in Nakatomi. Send one black and white around. A, what? The, he's literally like professionally described the exact situation. Yeah. 30 plus hostages, 12 insurgents. And she's <laughs> oh, my badge number. Yeah. Who prank calls that way? <laughs> the wasn't even funny. <laughs> hey, man. California. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> But yeah, again, like I said oh, before, and, all and, the civil servants ends, just don't do their job. It yeah. ends with him literally getting shot at and they hear it like, oh, yeah, they, they spiked the mic. <laughs> what a for real. Uh, send a, send a black here. and white down there to arrest this guy. <laughs> so while uh, while he's on the radio, uh, Hans is overhearing this and he says, like, mm, where would he go to try to radio some broadcast? He must be on the roof. That's the best place to do it. Uh, so then the bad guys show up on the roof and start shooting and stuff. Bang, bang. Uh, we cut to uh, we, this is where we finally meet uh, Al Pal. He, Al Pal. He is buying a whole bunch of Twinkies ding and ding dongs. dongs and snowballs. For his and, pregnant wife, and the guy doesn't believe him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those are for you, buddy. I thought you yeah. just ate uh, donuts. And that dude is not a skinny man that's sitting there judging him for all those snacks. <laughs> well, I think he's, he's really judging him from a place of knowledge. Oh, okay. Man, I just ate six of those in my goddamn self. Look, buddy, <laughs> me and you're in the same boat here. You ain't got a lot to kick it. I love Reginald Vell Johnson. So he, you guys watch Family Matters? Yes. Yeah. We were talking about on the yeah. drive here. That's Steve Urkel's dad right mm-hmm. there. That's not Steve Urkel's dad. No. His adopted, adopted his, father because he's the neighbor. <laughs> oh, Did I do that? Yeah. I do. I, I thought you said you were a fan of Family Matters, all right? It's basically his family dad. Family kind of matters, you know? Family kind of matters. <laughs> Hashtag Family Matters. I do think it's, so, Okay. This is my one problem with the movie. I, you know, maybe science, maybe there's science to back this up and I'm just uh, uh, an idiot, but I want to get your guys' opinion. So there's that shot where they're like, please go to the, the Nakatomi Plaza building and check out this thing. And there's a shot where he walks up to the street and you can see the building in the distance and you can see flashes of the gunfire on the roof. We don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you could fucking hear that shit. I don't know. I, I have if no they're getting idea. noise complaints for from the city for uh, the explosions, yeah. I assume you would hear machine guns rattling. It's off. a really tall building. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's far enough away. I don't know. That's a fair point. Yeah. In I, real I, life, I no they idea. were close enough to make complaints, but in the in the movie universe, this was like a. Mm, this is true. The camera does add depth. Corporate yeah. building. Corporate camera, building. Camera does accentuate space. So you're right. Mm. It's 10 pounds as well. So I love the way they do that. Uh, Al Powell uh, steps outside. He uh, looks up at the Nakatomi Plaza and sees the lights flashing. So he should have an idea that something's going on. Yeah. And then we cut to all the gunfire that is creating the flashing that's going on. Yeah, it was well done. And John's running around, just firing around with his machine gun. Yeah. Uh, He uh, shoots his way through a door. He's outnumbered. He shoots his way through. Sees titties again. He does see titties again. I love how he hides on the wall. Yeah, he's like, what's up, girls? Girls. (laughs) It's the second time he's seen it. That's his that's comfort zone. This is his little spot. Yeah, titties. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a doorway to nowhere. There's just a big fan there. Uh, I guess it's like a maintenance access door or yeah. something. Uh, Top of the shaft. He has to like prop the fan, block it. Uh, in I like the idea that the maintenance through. man put some titties up. Yeah. So whenever he has to go service the elevator, he's like, what's up? Titties. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love my job. <laughs> if, a, if I gotta work nine to five, I gotta be stimulated every half hour when if, I get through here. Every time I get in this shaft, I want to see some tits. 
No one's going to come check up on me. I can do whatever I want up here. <laughs> I'm just a dirty old There's janitor. so much splooge on the top of that elevator that John was barefoot standing <laughs> on. Uh, Starts slipping, sliding around. <laughs> that should have been a plot point. <laughs> Car runs in with like a black light. Like, oh God, what's he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> They're making Spadoinky in here? It's a Jackson Pollock in here. Spadoinky. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Uh, so uh, John manages to uh, get through the fan. He climbs down a ladder and uh, he's he gets into like a, a a elevator shaft or like it's a massive vent that connects the other vents, I think. Mm-hmm. But Hans thinks that he's in the elevators. Right. That's what's going on here. And so he's basically telling uh, Hans is on the radio saying we can neutralize him now. Just lock it down. He's stuck there. We don't got to deal with this fuck. No right. More. Uh, but they they turn the radio off. Like, Carl, no, we're gonna get Carl him. didn't have it. He doesn't want to neutralize he wants vengeance. He, he wants fucking vengeance. He's like for Tony and turned off the radio. He's the Batman. Uh, it's pretty cool shot. Uh, John uses the the uh, strap for the machine gun that he got as a, to dangle. Like, a rope to repel. Yeah. And he's climbing down. However, the gun does slip and fall. He reaches out. He grabs onto one of the vents and he climbs into it. He falls one, one uh, level lower. Yeah, just a little fun story. I know we're late on time, but that wasn't intended. The stuntman actually fell. Oh, shit. And fell all the way to the bottom. Oh, no. Onto the the safety pad. We we don't have enough film for a second take. The (laughs) the editor, which is again, I really want to fucking make another another movie. The editor is getting dailies. Right. Mm -hmm. So when he gets this footage, he tells John McTiernan, no, no, no. Get another shot from inside the vent of John grabbing it just in time and pulling himself up. I'm going to use the one of the stunt guy falling because it's badass, mm-hmm. and it'll look like John fell oh, one lower. Cool. I like that. That is cool. Oh, so I just, God, I love movies. And this is where we get the uh, super famous shot of McLean in the vent with the Zippo. Mm-hmm. Um, Come to the coast, she said. When the bad guys see the light. Come to the uh, coast. We'll have a good time. Get some <laughs> cocktails. <laughs> uh, bad guys see the light in the vent. So then they start looking for him in the vent, shooting in the vents, pressing on it. They almost catch him. He almost one has little pressy and he would have been caught. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all it took. But thank God Al Pal showed up. Al Pal shows yeah, up. Shows up. He goes in, walks around. Security guards like, I'm watching football here. I don't give a shit. You go ahead. Look around. Eddie. Whatever. Eddie's putting on the charm. Yep. I got 50 bucks on this game. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, uh, Eddie earns his pay in this movie. Like he's a great actor. Holy yeah. cow! When he shows up, he's like, "Hey, come on in." Yeah, I don't care if you check. I out forgot that it was an action movie. Room. I thought he really was just watching football. Yeah. Like, holy shit! Yeah, he's probably got to put the tits up top because he's was, cool. I was transported. Obviously, <laughs> 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 McLean gets another gunfight upstairs, but the, Al, Al doesn't hear anything downstairs. He says, "You know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna leave." Uh, McCain, McCain's McCain? McLean, John McCain. 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 <laughs> John McCain's in this? That straight shooter? The Maverick himself respected on both sides of the aisle? John McCain? Oh, can't raise his arms? Um, uh, McLean sees him leaving and uh, throws a a dead body at him, and that wakes him up real quick. And I guess, like, the terrorists see that happen, too, and they're like, okay, the jig's up. And so they all start firing. Yeah at Al right away. Al's like radioing saying, hey, it was probably a crank call. I'm leaving. And then, oh my God, fucking God, there's a dead body. There's bullets. And he's driving backwards. I, his and reaction is so funny. Like, fuck, God. <laughs> Full backwards into everything. Yeah, he backs the whole car like off of a 15 foot embankment. It's its dick. 
Uh, so this is where uh, Hans uh, kind of reveals a little bit of his plan. And he says, like, it's all good. Uh, cops had to be a part of this eventually. This is just the beginning and stuff. Um, this is uh, where he and McLean finally make contact. Uh, McLean has gotten a radio from one of the bad guys. And so he ra- radios him and he's like, hey, Hans, how's it going? Looking at the notes that he wrote down on his arm. Yeah. And, showing off all the names that he knows. You hear one of the German guys in the background like, how does he know so much? About oh, my us? God. <laughs> <laughs> how did he guess that guy's name was Tony it's I not even a German I, name I didn't even believe him when he told me his name was Tony yeah 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm scared and this is where um, the, the we kind of establish like the, the cowboy motif that goes on throughout the rest of it he's uh, Hans asks him like are you another uh, orphan of a bankrupt culture Americans that have watched too many action films are you another you feel like you're John Wayne and he says I'm partial to Roy Rogers myself yeah. And that's why he says you can call me Roy when he tells. Uh, and it's why Kale. he says yippee kaye. It's a Roy yeah, Rogers. Yippee kayak, so other buckets. Yippee kayak. Um, so this is where we uh, start to hear about a reporter wanting to break the story. We're introduced to the reporter. Channel Kale. Five guys. Thornburg. Uh, and he th- he apparently uh, has some beef with the guy that's actually on TV, like the uh, the the main host, because he tells him to eat it. He says, "Eat it, Harvey." Harvey and, and Harvey is <laughs> horrified. And, and they go live, and Harvey's just like, like mean mugging him. Like we're live, Harvey. Yeah. Oh, hello. I am not about <laughs> to it, eat we'll it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, so uh, he gets a truck. Um, Carl tells Hans about uh, Heinrich being dead, and that's how Hans finds out that McLean has the detonators. Heinrich is, is the explodey boy. That's yeah, his Heinrich, job. Heinrich explodey. He's the explosion. He guy. had very few of the C4 blocks, but all of the detonators. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so, he had already put up most of the C4 where they're supposed to go on the roof. Oh, when Hans goes back up there, he was just putting the detonators in? He was, yeah, oh, yeah. No, because he still wanted well, the he detonators. Well, he was making sure he that they were done. Okay. Like Heinrich had finished that part of the plan before he had uh, met his untimely death. Mm-hmm. At the hands of Mr. McCain. <laughs> so the uh, deputy sheriff shows up and uh, he finds out that Powell's been talking to Jesus Christ, Powell. This could be one of the guys. <laughs> yeah. So Powell thinks he's a cop. He's like, it's a hunch. He just like based on, you know, the general badass vibe that the dude gets off. <laughs> he must be a boy in blue. You know, well, he said Definitely. he saw a lot of fake IDs. Uh, he used cop words. Is this Paul Gleason? <laughs> like freeze. That we're talking about. I think uh, so. The, the boss cop? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Paul Gleason. Gr- uh, another one of those actors that just shows up in so many great 80s films. Isn't he, was, he like the vice principal like 10 times? He's the vice, pr- or, vice principal or principal in The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start cracking skulls if I have to come in here <laughs> yeah. one more time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is that guy. Nice. Yeah. Um, we cut to Holly. She goes in, talks to Hans for a second. She wants to make a request. And pregnant girl needs to go lay. Everybody's got a shit. Yeah, everybody's got shit. But the most important part that happens here is she glances over at. He's in her office. Uh, she glances over at the picture frame that she had laid down earlier of her with John. Yeah, and then he notices, and uh, but she walks away. Uh, so Argyle's still hanging out in his limo. He's getting drunk. He's watching the TV. Another great script thing is when she's angry at John and lays that down. Yes, and yeah. so it's like. Really mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Check, check off's picture frame. I'm going to get sure. an extra star on this on Letterboxd. <laughs> so Argyle's getting drunk. He's watching TV in his limo. Uh, and they say that uh, the uh, the phone lines have been cut and the only means of contact is CB. And then he's like, oh, shit, that's CB that I said that I have in my limo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go turn that on. And so now he's able to listen in. Um, so the boss cop and all the other cops decide that they're going to the boss uh, cop. That's, that's my notes. Just say boss cop. <laughs> Next coming from DreamWorks Animation this summer, boss cop. Yeah, Cop Shop's a good boss movie. Baby. <laughs> boss Hog. Uh, Ooh, boss Hog. From Dukes of Hazzard. Mm-hmm, yeah. So basically, all the cops, they try to raid the place. Uh, Theo's watching the cameras. He's like, there's four guys coming out back. Fucking kill him. We see the candy 
terrorists that uh, we talked about before mm-hmm. or candy robber. They're not terrorists. Yeah. Everybody hates terrorists. <laughs> uh, they send an armored car in, they call it an RV uh, and they blow it up with uh, um, rocket Rockets. launchers and shit. Yeah, like RPGs. And the quarterback is toast. <laughs> I love you Theo. Love Theo. This guy, if I'm going to go crack a safe, I want this dude on my team. Not only is he good at his job, he's going to crack some jokes the whole time. He's going to keep me entertained. And that's, and I need that to stay calm. That's in a good high safe cracker, situation. you know, disposition, like the German guy from army of the dead, the Zack Snyder movies. Mm-hmm. He was, he was that's a, why I like, that's he's why a he's fun like man. the best part of that movie. Yeah. Uh, I do love that. Uh, McLean calls Al babe. I, I wrote that down as like, I love that. Yeah. It's like, Al babe, what's going on <laughs> out there? Talk to me, babe. And I, I love at some point, uh, Al's like, you know, I love you. And like the rest of the guys here, we love you. And it's just like, dang, he's just confessing love. We're blue collar cops. We're behind you, man. A California big part of this cops. movie is a bromance. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, so, um, McLean, he grabs an axe, busts in the elevator shaft. He uh, drops like a TV with C4 on a chair. Don't know what the TV was for. I think he needed the TV for weight. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Just to make the chair drop faster. Yeah. Even though, isn't that like scientifically proven that they all drop the same yeah, amount, no matter how heavy it is? As long as there's not friction. But he's just a normal guy, Chris. He doesn't know. <laughs> he's like you and me. Okay. Uh, so there's a news report that we see. We find out about Hans that he was part of the radical West German Volksfree movement. Volksfrei. Uh, we Free folk is what that means. Is that what that is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he was. He's pressing in Deutsch. He was part of some kind of uh, revolutionary group in Germany at some point, based on that mm-hmm. name, I suppose. But that he was expelled from the organization. He joined it briefly on purpose to, to do this heist. He wanted to. He wanted that bump on his LinkedIn profile. Uh-huh. So if people looked him up, they would see that, right. and they'd yeah. be like, "Oh, cool." Uh, <laughs> part of the Volksfrei movement. Volksfrei. This, this is where also Ellis, number one collector of Hot Wheels, <laughs> Beyblades. Not a big deal. I, I'm number two, baby. Because <laughs> that's well, Joe Takaki. I guess, I guess I'm number one now. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. so many deep cuts. <laughs> All seven people are so happy right now. <laughs> so when he dropped that C4, I guess it, it killed the guys that had the rocket launcher. That's why he yes. did that, right? That was did, just it super, wasn't clear to me either. Super they looked like they were jumping timing. out of the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, there's one really funny uh, and again I think this is also a good script callback because after after he blows up like the, f- the first floor of this fucking building yeah. uh, I think it's Dwayne gets on the radio and he's like hey buddy I'm really mad at you you're a loose cannon you're blowing up we got glass all over this uh, all over the street down here and, and John McClane's like who gives a shit about glass I, I thought that exact thing when he walks on it later I was like yeah. you care now yeah, buddy he cares now nice <laughs> that is a tight script and he, he, he has the great line of like I'm not the one who got busted fucked on national tv dwayne and then it cuts to argyle like oh shit it on him <laughs> let's see but we um, go back to ellis norton some coke yeah this uh, is where we get hot he's doing some key, he's doing some key bumps to he's get himself ready bumps. yeah and he's tired of all this shit john's making it worse i'm gonna go handle it ellis is a man of action all right he you know i negotiate makes- million dollar deals for breakfast yep over breakfast yep this ain't shit so he wants to talk to the gang. He ends up going up and uh, and uh, talk with Hans, um, saying like, "I I got what you need. Yeah, I know how to get you what you want. Me and uh, it's not about what I want. It's about John what I can McClane, do for you." My man John McClane, we go way back. Well, the scene cuts, and you think he snitched on him and told him that his wife is nearby, right? Yeah, that's but it, what it seems is happening, and it's really well done. And it turns out he's dumber than that even yeah and just said uh, just just say that he's his best friend. That's why he's at the party. So he actually yeah. helps John there. 
Well, you know, what small brain Ellis has, he makes up for with the largest shoulder pads known to man. Even bigger than Holly's. Did you see those things? Massive. It's rare that you see shoulder pads like that on a man in anywhere movies. outside of a football field. Yeah. Anywhere outside of a football field. And he looked like Which he was where the New York Jets play. Yeah. Barry Sanders was ready to go <laughs> with this guy. Uh, but yeah, he makes a couple of like kind of racist terms. He calls uh, Hans booby. Uh, John McClane's really upset with him. And uh, yeah, Hans ends up shooting him in the face. But uh, Hans giving him does a now know who McLean is. I love the Coke because <laughs> he's like, yeah, come on. Like, like dude's a server. Like this is like the type of service that he's used to yeah. in his executive role. He's like, yeah, even though I'm in a hostage situation, I'm still the man that's in control here. And uh, like, he's just clueless sipping his Coke yeah. when he gets shot in the face. Well, you the can see he's starting to sweat a little bit, and but he's unable to turn back. Yeah. The man loves Coke. He does. He uh, loves snorting it. Drinking it. drinking it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He would put up his butt if he wanted to. <laughs> so boss man is smuggling it because basically uh, McLean let him die. Uh, and Powell's like, no, that's not. Can't you fucking read between the lines? That's not what went down here. He did everything he could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Powell has his back. But so Hans radios the police. And this is where he says that he wants like the revolutionaries around the world, like the ones in Northern Ireland, the ones in Iran. Uh, Tibet like, or something. Somebody, some people Asian in Canada. <laughs> I love yeah, the Asian Dawn one because Carl Gizmo look is like I heard about I read about them in Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just people that is just like big name tactic. people. Yeah, he's basically trying to get them to waste time, trying to let people mm-hmm. out. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, we get another uh, Theo kind of talks to him like, "Hey, we're almost done with this lock, but the but the seventh lock, uh, unless you have a miracle, we we can't get into it. There's no way to get into it." And Hans is like, "Hey, Theo, it's Christmas. It's the time of miracles, baby." Yeah, that Hans Gruber. He's got yeah, a plan. Dude. He's got a plan. It's uh, and the plan was the, for the FBI is going to show up. The Johnsons. I, the Johnson, I love that Johnson Johnsons, and Johnson. The other Johnsons, uh, <laughs> not the shampoo company. <laughs> Let's see here. A family uh, company. I do love. We cut. To, there's a. They go to the newsroom briefly, uh, and they've got some sort of expert who has a book called Hostage Terrorist terrorist hostage uh, and, he's, <laughs> and they cut back to him a lot and this is basically that hans read this book already right like mm-hmm. um this he knew that they were going to do fuckery with the helicopters all that stuff yeah like, if without john mcclain his plan would have went off without a hitch yeah. well there's this I, they don't they did not need to have this joke in there but there's this really funny thing where he's like oh like in that in- incident we had in helsinki and harry the newscaster's like helsinki sweden <laughs> And there's like, it's actually Finland. <laughs> right. This is the the second scriptwriter. All the stuff he did. Like this character means nothing, but we're going to shit on him anytime you see him. I love that all of the hostages were going to be in the explosion. And that was part of Hans's plan. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, John just doing nothing to help would have been the best plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. That's what Andy was talking about earlier. But the, he was going to blow everybody up. A guy with a gun and good intentions makes everything worse. Um Except that everybody would have died. Yeah, for sure. But like he doesn't know that until the end. Like he was doing the right thing. He was doing the wrong thing that happened to be right. Yes. Uh, A broken clock. But (laughs) exactly. Uh, I do love that uh, in that Helsinki syndrome conversation, uh, they're basically talking about how the the uh, victims should start to be bonding with their captors and stuff. And they cut to like Ellis being dragged away and shit. (laughs) Everyone is so wrong about what's happening in this building constantly. I do love, they do have this one shot where it goes to um, Robinson on the phone with someone in the government. He's like, no Asian Dawn (laughs) D a W 
Listen, lady, I don't know. It's does uh, he wants them free? Asian dog. Like, I just love that little callback. Uh, but this is when Johnson and Johnson arrive uh, to let a them family know, company, a family company, to let them know that the family company is taking over the case, <laughs> <laughs> aka the FBI. We're the FBI. We're the fucking FBI. The United States government. There's Tall Johnson and Little Johnson. Other Johnson, he calls him. So he, he radios somebody. He's like, "Hey, it's Agent Johnson." No, the other Johnson. <laughs> I fucking love that. And this well, is where the guy from the Burb shows up as the electrician, right? Yeah. Well, so we're not there yet. Uh, so first, Hans goes to check on the explosives. He sets down his gun and flashlight, goes and looks for some C4, and it's gone. And fucking uh, McLean gets the drop on him, and so he he like drop he hides his German accent. He's like, "Oh my fucking god, you're one of them, aren't you? Don't shoot me, please, don't kill me." <laughs> Well, this is another again. Oh, it is Big Johnson and Little Johnson. Yeah, that's what they're credited. credited His name is Big Johnson. Uh, That's what they called me in high school. And um, (laughs) it's not. I was Little Little Johnson. Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) This this part of the script. I know we're running late on time, but it's really neat. Like they didn't know. All they knew was they wanted uh, John McClane and Hans Gruber to meet face to face. But he's like, we couldn't figure out a way to have them meet without killing each other. It made no sense. And one day they were actually at um, the catering on set they were just eating lunch and somebody was talking uh i guess the writer was talking to alan rickman and they were like hey uh because he's an english man he's from england and he's doing a, a german person and he's like how's your american accent and uh and alan rickman famously said uh i, I can't do an american accent per se but i can do a california american <laughs> and they laughed about it and walked away and then a light bulb went off in the writer's head and he's like holy shit what if he just acted like he was a hostage um, and so that's how that was yeah. invented. And apparently they didn't do any rehearsals for the scene either. Cause they wanted to kind of play with the idea of them being a little awkward. And it's really impressive. I mean, it's an English person playing a German who's pretending to be American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some Shakespeare. Uh, that, that's why he's right there. That's why Alan Rickman is one of the greats. It was one of the goats. So, uh, uh, McLean gives him a gun. He's basically saying, hey, guy, uh, he, he gives him a cigarette and a gun. Uh, Hans uh, thinks he has the drop on McLean and he radios in German. We don't know what he says, but he pulls his gun on McLean. And he says, I want my detonators and stuff. And uh, McLean's like, what? You think I'm fucking stupid? I knew it was you. And like, there's, there's no, bullets, there's no bullets. And then Hans is like, yeah, I do think you're stupid because he had just radioed to his friends that what floor he was on. Yeah. And he said it in German. And so then there's a big gunfight. We get a dude's fucking legs he get said- out and shit and then his head goes right into the glass yeah such a cool stunt he says dry and dry sitch and i did catch that 30, which was 33. 33 yeah oh okay uh, uh, that seems really interesting how it plays out though because it, it, it kind of cheats visually because mclean knew that that was hans the entire time but the camera zooms in on the employee directory the bill clay there's a clay comma William. there's a w clay which is bill clay and so hans was smart enough to choose an actual person that works there and yeah. so it gives you every visual indication that John McClane has been duped, mm-hmm. which I thought was unfair, but also really well done. You know yeah. what I mean? There is one uh, good visual thing is uh, um, this is where Hans realizes that John doesn't have shoes on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, huh, it's better than being caught with your pants down, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, Dick uh, out would suck. Yes, it would. But this is, this is why later on Hans has the idea to shoot the glass because he yeah. knows he's barefoot. Yeah, this is what happens uh, right here. There's like they're kind of like in a stalemate uh, shooting at each other. Um, Han says, shoot the glass. Um, let's see here. I love how he says, shoot the glass. And Carl's like, the fuck you say? 
Yeah, the look he gives him is like, you yeah. fucking crazy? Glass? You think I'm made of bullets? And they shoot a million bullets at the fucking glass, dude. Like 75 rounds or something. Like so many bullets just yeah. to break And he the still gets away. Yeah. Well, then they stand up and they they have the detonators now. They got what they came for. And uh, so they they take off. They go back downstairs. Bad guy's real mad about, some, I guess, that McLean's still Yeah, he wants, yeah. he wants to kill him. Uh, and he wants to kill him. And so Holly sees him and realizes that her husband's still alive because only he could make somebody so mad. Ha, ha, ha. Good joke. Marital bliss. Joke, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Back uh, in the, remember in the 80s when it was like, man, why would you get married? <laughs> yeah. Okay, literally everything in pop culture Every was sitcom. like, man, isn't marriage the worst? The old ball and chain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so basically now Theo has gotten through all the locks, but the electromagnetic one, this is where Hans pulls his miracle. The FBI shows up and the first thing they do is they go to the guy from the burbs and ask him to cut the power. And like the the, the one <laughs> that guy was the guy from the burbs. Yeah. Holy shit. The one guy's like, we can't fucking do it. We can't fucking do it. And the guy the, from the burbs is like, yeah, we can. And then he just radios a guy and says, hey, are you fucking sector 212? Are you out of your mind? You cut the power. Just do it. It'll be my ass. Yeah. <laughs> so they cut the power, which kills the electromagnetic part of the vault, and the vault opens. I and we get that uh, famous score. Uh, I forget what song it is. I'm not a classical uh, trained was person da, like Hans Gruber. Yeah. Da, da. Is it Ode to Joy? Yeah. Beethoven? Ode to Joy. Holy shit, I am smart! <laughs> Christmas music, right? Is it? It's very Christmassy. Yeah, totally. I, right? I think I, Ode to Joy is technically a Christmas song, I think. Just like this is technically a Christmas movie. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the other Johnson uh, radios. And Little Johnson. Hans, I, I suppose. I'm not sure which. Which one's big. I don't know. Um, so uh, they he radios with Hans and says, yeah, we're going to. Uh, well, he, he radios the cops and says, yeah, I want air support with guns and shit. And then he speaks with Hans and says, yeah, we got your your helicopter yeah, coming. Your evacuation Hans talks to his homie and says, yeah, we're going to blow that helicopter up. So everybody's double crossing everybody. Basically. One of my favorite scenes is from the Johnsons in this next few scenes when he's or on the helicopter and the older ones like just like fucking Saigon. Right. And he's like, I was in junior, junior high, high, asshole. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, this is where uh, McLean radios Powell and he's pulling glass out of his feet. Uh, so Hans's trick worked. Uh, he basically says tell my wife i'm sorry i'm not gonna make it and powell says you can tell yourself you know like that's classic that's the only that's the only way to reply to that yeah yeah tell Uh, yourself the super racist but also i'll tell her but i like how he's like also i will tell her though (laughs) (laughs) yeah looking good i like having a plan b Super racist reporter shows up and threatens to call immigration. Thornburg, yeah. Threatens to call immigration services if uh, the housekeeper does not let him into the house. Honestly, to interview the children. He's the worst person in this movie by far. And there's murder and stuff like you're bothering the children just to like make your career with this story. And he's he threatening to call INS because of that. Yes. Because he breaks the story and yes. now they know who John McClane is. Yeah. Uh, McLean's stumbling around all blurred but he finds all the C4 that's wired to the roof so he realizes that Hans is going is not has no intention of escaping that way well, he's going to blow Hans. everything up uh, <laughs> he tries to radio the cops to let him know uh, but the cops or Carl catches him um, Power or Powell uh, looks at the helicopters when uh, John is radioing him so he's getting an idea of what's going on so John and Carl get in a big fight uh, well, and they're just Carl like, decides to do it mano y mano yeah. It's like, look, man, we're both professionals. Mm-hmm. Let us settle this like men. And then they go, <laughs> slap fight, slap, slap <laughs> fight each other. Uh, so on TV, your big doo head. 
that, that <laughs> super, the worst guy in the movie uh, is interviewing McLean's kids. Han sees Holly watching, uh, picks up the picture, realizes who she is. And he says, like, Mrs. McLean, pleasure to meet your, meet your acquaintance or something like that. Um, He's got such good manners. And then he sends everybody, all the other hostages to the roof except for Holly. Uh, Carl. Thank God. Karate Kid kicks uh, McLean a couple of times, like, in the head. It's <laughs> He's so, a ballet dancer. The fight is so fucking weird. Um, and ultimately... Uh, McLean like uh, hangs him with a chain. Yes, like he's like I'm. I'll fucking cook you and I'll eat you and all kinds yeah. of weird shit. I liked his dialogue. Uh, right. There was one moment where they cut back to the the Johnsons on the helicopter, and the one Johnson's like, like, uh, we should kill all these guys and only suffer losing twenty five percent of the yeah. hostages. I like, can live with that. I can yeah. live with that. And these guys. It's they don't seem like FBI because you can imagine they would be blaring like Van Halen in the helicopter. Yeah. That's the vibe they're giving off. Like the Miley crew. I fucking love my job. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. <laughs> yes. That is the song. I heard there's some tits in the elevator shaft. We should check out after this. <laughs> oh, shame. We got to blow it up. High five. <laughs> yeah, they're having a good old time, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, but then uh, uh, Holly realizes that the plan was actually the bearer bonds because they kind of take her down to the same. And she says something, she says something to the effect of like, this is all, you know, all your speeches, you know, you're just a common thief. And Alan, Rick, I am an exceptional thief. Yeah. <laughs> he like takes, he takes umbrage with that. Yeah. He's not a fan. He is of an exceptional thief. He is he an ex- is. I mean, this is a really good his plan. whole plan hinges on the fact that if you steal $640 million, even if you get away with it, they'll find you. But they, his plan is that everyone thinks he's dead from the explosion up top. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to disappear. Genius. Which really the actuality is that the producer demanded a huge explosion happen on top of the movie. Uh, and also to on top of the building to make it. So John McClane really was doing the right thing this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the scriptwriter's job to include somehow that the uh, explosion on the roof would happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is why. He, uh, but John goes up there and he's telling the hostages to leave after he's looking for Holly realizes he's not, uh, she's not with them. Uh, so he starts shooting in the air to scare everyone because everyone, you know, they're just standing there. They're, 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 they're scared. They don't know what's going on. They don't know who this dude he's is. Like, the whole fucking building's going to blow. Get off of the roof. And they're like, they're, huh? Why is a really cool view up here? Why don't you have shoes on? <laughs> Ew. Uh, and, and so the, uh, the FBI Holly's guys. not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> the FBI guys see him shooting in the air and they're like, get that little bastard. So they start shooting at him and it's a whole deal. John has to fashion a, a rope out of a fire hose so he can dangle himself on the side of the building before the roof explodes, which it does mm-hmm. taking out the Johnsons. I love this too. It's like a screenwriting trick that I really like. Uh, I don't know if Andy's read this in Blake Snyder, but the screenwriter called it good news, bad news, bad news. The roof's about to blow up. Good news. There's a fire hose and you can dangle down to the next floor. Bad news. Uh, the fire hose falls. Good news. You get in the window. Bad news. It's going to drag you out of the window with you. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the trick he used to write the scene. And I was like, nice. It's pretty good. I, I like that. It. I, I like, like that. it. So, yes, those things happen. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, bad guys see that uh, the hostages are coming back down and Han says, you want to blow the roof, blows the roof. The, the Johnson's die. even though it kills one of the Germans, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, the boss cop is just like, I guess we're going to need some more FBI guys. <laughs> yuck, awesome. yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> uh, so at this point, McLean is like down towards the bottom level again. He sees that helicopter blow up around him. Everything's on fire. Everything's wet because sprinklers are going on. It's Including fire. Me. It's water. Yeah. It's cool. It's all the senses. Uh, in the garage, uh, Argyle sees the uh, truck, the pull out of the truck. 
Um, this is his moment. And them getting in the costumes and stuff. Try before you deny me. <laughs> uh, he, uh, McLean is down, down at the vault level. He hears his wife arguing with uh, Hans and stuff. He checks his gun. He's only got two bullets left. <sighs> Uh, and oh, he also too. sees some presents and some wrapping materials for presents over. Weird. Is that a Christmas reference? <laughs> it appears um, to be so. So Theo is in the fire truck getting everything ready for that's how they're actually going to escape. They're going to blow up the roof, make it seem like all the terrorists are dead. Then they're going to get in the fire truck and drive away. Argyle knows this. He crashes into the trunk and then punches Theo in the face. Poor uh, Theo. Yeah. And really poor staging of that punch. It looked like he swung like really far off to the side of his head. But, you well, know, you know, he claims he really hit him and it hurt his hand. Really? Yeah. Theo is a, a hacker, so he can go down in one one stiff breeze. Yeah. He's just a computer guy. I mean, we I love the swagger, but he's he's, <laughs> he's not meant for the for the outdoors. <laughs> uh, so. Um, so is Theo the only one that like survives and goes to prison? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So McLean. Uh, Carl kinda, survived for a hot second, but then ended up not surviving. He had to do a T-1000. Ah! I'm still here. <laughs> so McLean stumbles up to Hans and his wife and stuff. And his wife's like, oh, sorry about that. His wife's like, oh, holy shit. Like, because he's all beat up and shit. And he's just like, hi, honey. And there's kind of a conversation that goes on. That's where we find out that uh, Hans says, you know, 600 million. You can't just get away with it. Yeah, People need to think you're dead in order to be able to get away with it. Um, we get uh, the wonderful. Uh, what was that line you said to me? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah, and then they both start laughing. Buckets. They 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 both are laughing maniacally. All three uh, of them. Eddie's there too. Don't yeah. forget Eddie. Yeah, it cuts to Eddie, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Why are we laughing?" You know, there's there's actually a good moment where Eddie could have just murked John McClane and was going to, but Hans is like, "No, he's mine." Yeah. yeah. So like Eddie could have stopped this whole thing, but you know, ego yeah. got in the way. Same well, thing happened to Carl. Hans thinks he has a drop on him because he's holding Holly hostage, and he says, "You know, drop the gun," and he does. But we, as uh, McLean puts his hands back behind his head, we, the camera pans and we realize that he used those wrapping materials to tape the gun to his back. Mm -hmm. And so he grabs the gun. He shoots. You said his name's Eddie. Yeah. He shoots Eddie or no, he shoots, he shoots Hans, Hans first and, and then, then he shoots Eddie in the head. Then he and then bullseyes Hans. Eddie in between the eyes. Yeah. Um, Hans starts falling back, busts through the glass, grabs hold of Holly, apparently by the watch. Which that was Chekhov's watch. Uh, Andy, it's a Rolex. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Super nice. What are you embarrassed? Super nice. <laughs> Bubby. Uh, so John runs up and he is trying to get Hans off of Holly. He unhooks the watch. He falls to his death in slow-mo. One of the I best shots. The face, like the face, the realization that he's about to die that happens on uh, Hans's face. Like, oh, I'm falling. Yeah. Oh. Do you guys know the story behind this? No. So this is uh, a 40 foot drop to a, 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 a crash pad, but it's mm -hmm. blue, I guess. So they could use the visual effects to splice in the ground later. 40 foot drop, though. That's pretty huge. Alan Rickman agrees, even though he's a stage actor, he agrees to do it himself. So they could, they're like, we want a face shot. So they had to use uh, Alan Rickman for that. He was willing to do it, even though they'd never done anything like in his life. So it's a 40 foot drop, which is considerable. I've jumped off that before for like cliff jumping and stuff. Scary. Mm -hmm. They have him hanging by a rope and the the stunt coordinator, um, decided, he was actually a red shirt on Star Trek, by the way. That's who the stunt coordinator mm. was. Steve's a big fan of the Star Trek. So he just got RIP that He guy. says three, two, one, go. And then I'm going to have my guys drop you, Alan Rickman. He tells his guys Drop him on one, so a, a second early to scare. So him. that face is genuine. Alan Rickman was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and that was really neat. That is neat. 
That's how you, that's how you torture actors. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. So that's a that's a tale as old as time in movies. Just it's not torture. like it was his job to make it look genuine. And Alan yeah. always told the story. They made made sure I didn't get hurt, but they made sure to do that. That was my last day of shooting. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Just, just in case I die. So as he falls to his death, the boss cop looks up. He's like, well, I hope that's not a hostage. I hope that's not a hostage. And watch when did this guy become flat. like a comedian at the Yuck Yucks Club? Like <laughs> yeah, something yeah, happens yeah. to this character as soon as he loses control of the situation to the FBI. He's like, well, I guess I'm going to start my my my, my jokes. I got jokes now. So now uh, news vans pull up, police, fire trucks, everybody pulls up. Uh, Powell shows up and he can recognize John just by sight. He's like, you know what? That looks like a bad motherfucker over there. I bet that's McLean <laughs> this whole time. It's the cop. Is that, you? that was you. You see a cop and you're yeah. like, and other, cops can see it in each other. They're like, oh, there's another cool. There's a cop right there. Uh, so dude. they laugh. They hug. Uh, McLean introduces his wife and he says, Holly Gennaro, my wife. And then she's like, no, it's Holly McLean. It's McLean. It's McLean. I'm going to go suck your dick right yeah. now. <laughs> I love you this. Missed, you missed the makeout, like, before they go downstairs. Oh, they, the like, bloody makeout. They, I'm like, ew, he's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can hug him, sure, but don't go in for the whole deal. Lady. John McLean is the manliest man. Do you guys know why? Why? Because he kills 12 men. He gets shot, I think, twice. Definitely once. Mm-hmm. Actual bullet wound. Yeah. Maybe twice. In the shoulder. All over his feet, glass cuts, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows how many abrasions and lacerations and, and all that shit. He doesn't go to the hospital. He gets back in his limo and goes home to fuck his wife. <laughs> <laughs> how does this movie not end with him going to the hospital? And yeah. Argyle watches. <laughs> <laughs> how does this movie like the, how does this movie end without him giving that debrief to Robinson? Because yeah. he yeah, I want to debrief you. You're, I'm going to charge you for Alice's murder. Randomly, Carl's still alive, and Powell shoots him. At some point, Powell Which, gave his backstory. That oh, we he, forgot to talk I, about yeah, this. I did not like this backstory. No. This is Powell's so, like, oops, I accidentally killed a 13-year-old boy because he had a toy gun. Oops, all guess, kids. Guess I need to go voluntarily work as a desk jockey. I love something. how his character arc is, oh, I accidentally killed a kid. That's Andy said that. I don't want to. I'm, I'm building to a thing. <laughs> Oh, no, and he said it in the, in the car on the way here. Oh, oh, sorry. Go on. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> You're not as smart as you think you are. Go on. He kills a kid and he's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be on the streets because I've accidentally ended a life that shouldn't have ended. This is a weird situation. But it, but at the end, he's like, you know what? I was right. I should <laughs> murder people. But yay. This way to win a turnaround for him. I killed the right one this time. Yeah. It, Sometimes <laughs> people do have guns. <laughs> it would have been amazing if like he missed and there was a kid back there. He hit that one oh, too. Oh, oh no. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have, like, I don't oh know. Oh my there, God, not again. There's just something super <laughs> uncomfortable with this character. Like, if he just shot Carl at the end, like, there was no backstory of like, hey, I, I killed a kid and that's why I don't work the beat. If that wasn't the backstory and he just shot him at the end. No problem. Yeah. Why'd you have to add this weird thing? This weird wrinkle. <laughs> yeah. Or he could have like alluded to a bad backstory. Like, why are you, why are you not a B cop? I took you for a street guy. He's like, nah, I used to be, you know like, what? It could have been. I had an accident. My partner, I, my partner got shot yeah. and I had the opportunity to prevent it, but I couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. Right. I'm not a kind of, I'm not the kind of guy that could shoot people. Right. Yeah. That would have been a great backstory also, for this arc. Is he a desk jockey? Because he's clearly he was outside. famously not behind a desk this whole movie. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe he just left the office to grab some ding dongs. Mm, maybe. And was, I think, off almost off the for the night. Car home. Yeah, well, they do. 
Yeah. I live next to a cop. Yeah. He, he, yeah they always have the a, company car. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do. But yeah, so limo pulls away. Nakatomi Plaza is burning in the background. And then it stops on the side of the road and starts shaking. It's really weird. The and that's camera. the end. No, the, the limo. How do you use the bear? <laughs> Argyle, use that camcorder you talked about. <laughs> yeah, VHS, whatever that is. That's how we fuck in New York. You put but on some Christmas music. It only takes a New York minute. I said Christmas music, Argyle. Just drive the car, man. Damn, babe. <laughs> but that was Die Hard. And now, tomorrow, Die Hard 2, Die Harder. <laughs> Die, Harder Die Hard 2 takes place at Christmas, too, right? I don't know. I have no sure. memories of Die Hard 2. I know it takes place in winter, at least, because he kills a guy with an icicle. Okay. I remember that much. Solid. But three with a vengeance is like in the summer. Oh yeah. The, on the, the, dead su- the that heat of summer. And Jeremy Irons is a really great villain. I love him. Have you seen any of the diehard sequels, Andy? Uh, just the one with Kevin Smith and, um, so the free or Dark. highly recommend with a vengeance with a vengeance. Really good. Okay. I think they're divorced. Him and Holly are divorced now completely. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I forgot about Holly like almost immediately. Yeah. I think she's in the second one, but then like after that, who's Holly? He's not the kind of guy that could keep up a marriage. No, I mean, <laughs> clearly he's clearly he doesn't love Holly that much. <laughs> the whole movie has this like, yeah. hey, you saved my life and everything's going to be OK. No, there's underlying issues yeah. in that relationship that are not touched upon. He really loves Al. Oh, that was in my notes. When he and Al meet at the Embrace. end, he has so much more genuine emotion. He's almost like holding back tears like my buddy Al. My bro. <laughs> my dude. Dap it up. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so proud of you for shooting a guy. I fucking love you. And Holly's back there like, what the shit, man? I almost Fuck died. That kid. You he starts making out with Al. All bloody. And then it's like, oh, wait, Holly, don't we have like three kids? <laughs> Two. Oh. Is it two? <laughs> I could have, damn, I could have swore there was a third one. Al, did you take care of that one for me? <laughs> Bones. <laughs> oh, I get it. Because he shot him. <laughs> 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 nice. Well, thank you so much to all of our listeners, uh, our patrons. I hope you tomorrow have a very Merry Christmas. Um, uh, all other listeners, hope you had a very Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate you all if so, If you're so looking much. forward to the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince episode, that episode will be dropping out Thursday. The mm-hmm. best one. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. And uh, to be sure to tune into our coverage of The Last of Us, which drops on HBO on January 15th. We will be covering that week to week. Probably do a show in advance uh, for fans of the video game just to kind of uh, prep ourselves for that get ready for that but we're gonna go have a very merry christmas eve our darn selves thank you all so much for doing all that you do to support us email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com you can uh, follow us on twitter at streamthingpod you can follow us uh, all over the fucking place there's a link tree uh, in the bio and all that stuff uh, you can subscribe to our patreon at uh, patreon.com slash streaming things uh, uh, merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa and all of you secular celebratists thank festivus, you as well happy festivists the yeah. rest of us i love you all that's all the time we have right now my name is chris my name is andy and i'm Steve. and this is streaming things happy streaming It's that time of the episode where we give a special shout out to the brand new patrons that are making sure that streaming things can stay on the air. These are the brand new patrons 
that have joined our little family this month. In the Marty B VIP section, we have our newcomers, Luke Fiasco, Linda Eklund, Alexis Adler, Marley Silverbrand, Rachel Schmitz, and Nikki. Under the chocolate pudding producers, we have Rosie Moranti, Michaela Mills, Erica Summers, Haley Rolfsmeyer, Vaughn, and Chris Verrett. And uh, we also have our Friends Don't Lie producers. Can't forget about our friends. That's Luke Fisher, Jody Woodburn, Christopher Maranakis, and Chelsea Moyer. And last but not least, I just want to give a special shout out to Sandra A for upgrading to the Marty B's VIP section. Thank you guys so much for supporting Streaming Things. Have a happy holiday season, and we'll see you next week.